Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 52 of the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP podcast is brought to you by Riverside Dodge, the official truck sponsor and dealership of the show, as well as Hooked Up Enterprises as the official in arena gear of the NFP podcast, as well as Wrangler, the official clothing sponsor of the show. Wrangler, long live the Cowboys. What is up, everybody? We're back. Episode 52 been a lot on the go the calgary stampede Kelowna, pbr canada cup series events high school finals shit we've been all over the map ladies and gentlemen but we're back here at the computer everybody a little burnt out but we're gonna get through this one today and rip it episode 52 featuring dakota butter gonna be a lot of fun we'll get to him in a minute before we do let's see the boys jason davidson you fall asleep I think I actually feel like a carny for the first time in my life. Like by, you know, when they get rolling in May, it feels like it's September long weekend right now. Monday of the Labor Day weekend as a carny. That's how I feel. And you've been running the and you, or, yeah, and you've been running the Ferris wheel all summer. Or or in the spirit of our old favorite spot, Scott Morris, Manitoba. I just feel like I'm leaving Morris on a Sunday. <laughs> That, that, you, you really do feel bad. Oh, really uh, yeah. Bad. It's been a busy week, boys. Busy week. Lots going on. Lots going on. Lots shaking. That's good. We'll get to that in a minute. Scott Burns back, too. What's up, brother? Made it back into Canada. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I guess got back from Gillette, the National High School Finals, uh, yesterday about 3.30 in the afternoon. It was an awesome time. Um, such an eye-opener for the kids. Uh you know, something like 1,700 kids down there. Um, you know, I used to think that Pinocchio, you know, when the first time you go to Pinocchio, you see all the campers and how many there is. Well, go to the National High School Finals and times that by about five. And you'd be Does close. it beat St. Teat for campers? Uh, yeah, it would, yeah. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, well, you, not, you know, campers and just... So is there uh do they have their own kind of cowboy Christmas type setup there too for all the vendors and stuff? Yeah, we figured out that uh just our camp alone with all the cowboy hats that were bought from American hats, it was just about 10 grand Canadian. So no nice. kidding. But I mean it was a there was anything you could ever want um to buy. So it was good. Yeah. Cover right. Chuck. Cover Chuck, stay on. He stays on. Yeah, sugar boom boom. What was he? Yeah. So uh, we're recording this Monday night. It's about 8.30 at night. The PBR team series is debuting right now in Cheyenne. Jason has the ins. Getting to watch, so he'll kind of keep us updated. As everybody listening on Thursday will know how it all went down. But <laughs> exciting for us tonight. Well, that's why. On. That's why I was just doing this. I was keeping it. I was just keeping it quiet. I was letting you go with it if you wanted to talk or not. No, that's good. How how'd he look? How'd uh, our uh, he, Canadian he look? Up. Yeah, he got loosened up a little bit at the end, but he got the whistle. That's all that matters. Uh, I see a 43 on one side, and that's it. I can't really hear because I got the volume down, obviously. But that'll be good for Cody. Really good for his confidence. He's going to stay down there for a bit. Eh? We won't see him in North Battleford. He's going to go stay down and might be the best for him. It really yeah. might. What's he going to do? Is he going to stay with Lambert? Or is he got I think plans, so, yeah. Or? Yeah. That'd yeah, be the Lambert best fucking thing for that under his wing and and uh yeah he'll he'll definitely uh that won't hurt his professional career at all no that's big that's huge good for him and that's cool you know that's a guy that's 
we've talked about it had a hiatus from the pbr had some ups and downs and fucking true pretty cool comeback story got his shit figured out now he's on cody lambert's damn team so that shows your kids keep your fucking chins up keep fucking going you can get there no shit right no shit and we haven't got his contract signed yet so this isn't hurting his status or his leverage either yeah well let's rip into that jason what's going on i know you've been just through the roof busy we got a bunch of uh our clients now 3d board riding athletes with this team series i'm sure that's been keeping you busy with this last little while things have been going well yeah you know what when we uh when we said we were going to do this, I honestly didn't think we would be doing PBR teams contracts July 24th, 25th. Um, mm-hmm. I thought we would have that done in June, but it's been a long old go, which a negotiation always is. You know, um, I maybe took it for granted that these teams would want to get these guys signed up right away, but uh, I, I don't think they were expecting um maybe some of the terms that, you know, that we were expecting, I guess. So that obviously caused some delays, but um, the unique thing about this PBR teams format is, is these riders are contracted. So essentially in year one, they don't have to do anything for the guys. If they want them to sign for the team or do things like that, well, yes, you have to negotiate that, but then they become unrestricted free agents in 11 and a half or 12 weeks from now. So Mm -hmm. That's not what any of these teams want. They they want to build around their franchise guys like a Kaiki or a Jesus or a Castle, Fritzland, you know. Obviously, Leme, that's already announced, four years. Um, largest, no, no disclosure, but largest uh, endorsement deal ever done in Western sports is the rumors. So there's literally five, six guys, I think, that are in that equation here in the next, either this year or by next year. Um that can that can kind of push for that kind of money yeah i think it's also new it's all up in the air of like what 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 these teams expect what the riders expect and and you know getting that negotiated together i think is kind of key to to making it all work and and it's pretty cool to see and hear about jose and you know that kind of breaks the ground for lots of these other guys right so uh, it's good to see that these that it's kind of coming to fruition, and and now, now these guys got to step up to play and do their job as well, right? And that's the biggest thing is, is yeah, you want these contracts. Now it's your job to to show them why you're worth that money, right? When you yeah. can win these events and and get that money back for those team owners, so it's fucking fun. It's pretty cool to see. It's awesome. Well, it is. It's been uh, like Tanner and I. We talked. What day did you call me? I don't Saturday, know, or Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. 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 Yeah. I was just like, it's, you know, NHL free agency. And, and, and then when we got into this, it was just all coming at me at once almost. So glad I had a good head start on some of the hockey players and got them signed up because it was a, you know, when you got as many guys as we do and you're dealing with (laughs) eight different teams, you know, and everybody wants to talk at the same time, it seemed like, you know, it was, uh, it was a little bit, how many hours did you spend on the phone? Oh, my phone actually at one point was glow, glowing red. <laughs> Too hot. I can I, I had to put it I had to put it down. I can I constantly had my phone plugged in. Like my question is did you smoke any darts? <laughs> no, that's I'm an athlete, man. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Smoking darts, breaking <laughs> hearts. Uh, I did I did have an old fashioned at the end of the night though. Oh, <laughs> did you? I did. 
Them days you got to dance. <laughs> uh, team series stuff. Uh, I think it's going to be really cool to, to watch along with. Obviously, this comes out Thursday. It's Monday. But before, we'll either look stupid or smart at the end of this. But uh, we'll do our picks for the year. What do you guys think? What's what's team championship? Who's taking the inaugural season now that we've seen kind of the teams? Who's going where? Who's doing what? The matchups of different egos on different teams. Uh, take your agent hat off for a second. Put your fan hat on for a second. And uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think? What team do you think is uh, is going to win at the end of the year? This is a bet too, by the way, boys. I go first because you guys got all the inside tracks, and I'm going to go with whatever team Dalen's on because I don't know if he's been traded or what. Where is he now? Carolina. Carolina. That's, Carolina. Good That's, That's my a good pick. pick. League-owned team. League-owned team. Yeah, and I think they're going to be pretty salty. Pretty salty team. They get Cooper Davis back probably halfway through the year. They got a bunch of good guys on that team. That team is pretty stacked up. It does look good. Good pick. Scott Byrne, Carolina Cowboys. Jason? I'll let you go. <laughs> um, I like uh dependent on I like the I like I like the Missouri Thunder, to tell you the truth. Looking yeah. at an all-around team of guys that I think are really going to feed off each other and come together. Arizona's going to be good with the Brazilians. Texas. Yeah, I'm going to um, take. I'll take. Um, well, I'll go with gamblers then if you're going to go Missouri. And I'll do that because they've got two of our Canadians. So Yeah, Griffin and Blake. And, and we've got and Lemme. five guys on the team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so we do we have we have five guys on the ridge riders if mauricio mariah was was healthy right now yeah. i would i would go ridge riders i think that kid is a shining oh, bright yeah. star in the in the world of pbr he's yeah. quite quite a character too yeah, like uh, yeah he's uh he he doesn't lack confidence yeah oh, i like it and i think the the Outlaws too, they'll be strong when they get Kyler back and they got Dalton, obviously, and yeah, guys, you know, that's you know, it's hard to to choose, but I think just them young guys like Fritzlin and Clayton Sellers. Well, I got to chat with Clayton a little bit at um Calgary, and he's got a good, good head on his shoulders, means business, yeah. fucking yeah, really means it. And I think uh, him and, and then Fritzlin, their buddies together, and Callum Miller's a sleeper pick that's been kicking ass this summer that nobody really kind of knew Callum. We knew him up here, but then they got to see him down there and smashed out a few 88s and shit like that. So Cody Teal, Wiley veteran, he's going to feed off of those young guys too. I don't know. I think Missouri's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Ross is going to get them guys fucking fired up. You know that. So he's just well, running through the arena, hugging, hugging somebody here. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's my, uh, that's my early pick. I'll go with them up top. And it's hard because obviously we have ties with, at least a couple of All them of on them. every team. So, yeah. So, uh, but you got to make a pick. You gotta okay. Well, who's going to finish last then? No. Last place? Yeah. Okay. You got a first and a last. Because um, it's that's, and then I get to pick first because there's a snake draft here. Yeah. You pick first then. Uh, Rattlers. You think so? Hey. Oh, last place finish. Yeah, they're missing um, a key. They're missing a key cog. I didn't like when Nashville traded or put Matt Triplett to free agency with the team that they have. I think that they really could have used Matt Triplett. Now I don't know what went on there, how all that played out, but Matt's a guy that you kind of have to read how he 
is at different times and that that's where i think um uh mcbride could have helped him a lot yeah. with, with yeah. my mindset wise and having him ready to go at all times and they tuned him up to free agency and then he signed with another team i can't remember who he signed with now but uh i don't think nashville is going to be as strong as they probably should be with that second pick in kaiki pacheco but we'll see um and then the oklahoma freedom they just they just announced that outlaws uh, a hurt again so who i don't know if that is you know without having inside information if he's how hurt he is but that'll hurt them a lot hopefully they keep him around for team morell he can get them just, guys juiced up just his knuckles yeah but i'll go nashville so you, really yeah wow okay write it down scott i don't care what's left what's left do we know what's my choice the other six <laughs> we got the gamblers kansas city the thunder Ridge Riders and Oklahoma Freedom, the other team, the league owned team, Oklahoma Freedom. Okay, well then I'm gonna I'm gonna gamble and and uh, since I've got a uh, team owned team, I'm gonna go with the Oklahoma team as the losers. So I'm I guess the I'm Freedom. I'm, yep. I'm riding I'm riding for the brand on both sides. I guess. <laughs> Jason, who is your who is your winning pick? Who would you say is gonna win it? Gamblers. Gamblers, yep. Gamblers, old G-Man. You know what? It is cool to see all that stuff aside. And no hard feelings to anybody listening. We got to fucking pick one. So fuck off if you don't like it. But um, I expect you all to ride your bulls and and get all your bonuses, though. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's right. Uh, It is cool to see, though. These guys are like, you know, team breakfasts. They're in the gyms together. You've seen their training camps, all the shit that they're doing together. Yeah. It's going to be huge. I was looking at a kid like Blake Smith that rolls down there. There was a video of him walking into Cheyenne today. And it reminded me the first time I walked into Cheyenne with my fucking hair down to my fucking middle of my back, red afro, rolling in that bitch just by myself. Fucking how long, how long would your hair have had to been if you could get it to the middle of your back with those it was, curls? It was long, bro. And I was fucking living the life, having a fucking good time. And, uh, <laughs> And walking in there and like, you're like, you're intimidated and it sucks. Like, you know, and everybody's me. I probably shouldn't have came in with such a bang like that, but, uh, (laughs) but you know, you're on your own and it's fucking a different world. It's terrifying guy like Blake Smith shows up there with fucking seven other guys that want him to win just as bad as he wants to win. That's a total different aspect for your first time in the Mm. big leagues at places like that. It's going to be huge for these guys for their careers and for their personal development. Is there a is there a crowd there right now? Jeez. Yeah, it's sold out by the looks of it. It's full. Nice. It's the daddy, man. I think they fill it up every day, all day. It's quite a place. I've never been able to go. We were actually old cinnamon nuts and I were gonna go down, but we wouldn't have got back to North Battleford in time, I don't think. And I just I'm glad because um, you know, you always think it's a good idea a month prior to go somewhere <laughs> until you realize what you got on. Yeah, yeah fuck that. No, that's good. We'll get down there for one. Nashville, you're going to head to, right? Yeah, I'm going to go to Nashville for uh, uh, a day prior because it, it's kind of like when you go to see your your play, your hockey players. It's game day is game day. You leave the guys alone. Um, so I'll get down there a day before and hopefully have dinner, lunch, breakfast with a, few, a couple of the guys and, yeah, see if I can get uh, in any fist fights with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I think we got to get into that too. Team step aside. <laughs> Boom. Best fight fucking central. Did you guys see it? The viral Facebook video, Instagram video. Have you seen Who it? Didn't? Who did? Who did? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, is that really happening? And it was really happening. Beer gold. We can talk about it because it was on on the internet, and uh, I kind of oh, like it. I guess we can talk about it. Yeah, <clears throat> no, I yeah. Like it. we don't we don't represent any of them. Well, <laughs> we, we have we have to say right off the bat that that is two passionate guys about anything they're doing. Um, Chase, I would think, would be ten percent more passionate about anything than anybody else, or twenty. Intensified. Uh, Okay, yeah, I'll give a, I, I'll give a breakdown first, Scott. We'll get for those that don't know, because we do have a lot of uh, outside of the rodeo bull riding world listeners. So, yeah. uh, breakdown of what went on. Moral of the story: uh, somewhere in Arkansas at a PBR Touring Pro Division event, fight breaks out on the back of the buck and shoots between PBR rider Chase Outlaw and stock contractor slash coach uh, JW Hart. Uh, moral of it was from the video which is so fucked up nowadays. You can't do anything without being it on video, right? That happened a million times back in the day. Like, fuck me. Did they but... give him two minutes for face masking? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> oh. Or I got you. Or I got I, you. I, I, <laughs> Breakdown. Uh, something happens in the buck and shoots. It's Ed Knight Caminos, who is a world champion bull rider, older guy now, 40-something, on the back of the bull. Yeah, um, really old. One of J.W. Hart's buck and bulls. Moral of the story, video pops on. J.W. Hart grabs Ed Nyatt while he's in the buck and shoots by the face mask and has hold of his face mask and is obviously agitated and getting angry and mad towards Ed Nyatt Caminos, which you can only assume is because of his shoot procedure on one of his bulls. Chase Outlaw then pops into the scene, grabs J.W., pulls him away from Ed Nyatt, and instantly they get face to face. Obviously, egos, bull riding legends. Um, who's gonna back down? Nobody backs down. Boom, boom, push and shove, bang, bang. Here we fucking go. Fists are fucking flying. The yeah, coolest thing I thought was yeah. when they when they came off the shoots and both stayed on their feet. Yeah, just I like thought it, yeah. So talking to some guys that were around there. That shoot was only about two feet. Those are low rise shoots. So the, the stands were, it's only about two and a half feet off the ground, which makes sense. Not your normal, like four foot high right. fucking shoot. So that's why they did whatever. Bang, bang. They get to fighting. They latch onto each other, go down on the ground. Everybody's whooping and hollering. Kind of a crazy scene. Um, good watching. Uh, any publicity is good publicity. Who knows what comes of it? There's a bunch of talk here and there. Here's my breakdown on it. If I can see JW's side where it's your bull and you get angry when this guy is maybe you think taking advantage of your bull in the bucking shoots and not giving him fair opportunity. I can see Ed and I's side where you want to get the best opportunity out of bull. I can see Chase's side where you don't fucking grab somebody by the face mask or yell at a guy in the bucking shoot. Uh, so there's kind of all options of it, and I love it. I love fighting though, so I might not be the best, uh, the best fucking guy. I love fighting. I it. love fighting. Though. I love fighting in non-contact sports. Exactly, and plus now <laughs> it's a team sport, which means yeah. fuck, you can fight. You rush the mound, like it's anything. There's fights in baseball. There's fights in yeah, all. Yeah, we might. Maybe we'll see some mucking here uh, on the PBR team series. Yeah. Well, Gaffney said in his in his pod with us remember he's like oh maybe we'll yeah. see some fights see the boys yeah got it. well i know they they've 
you talk to one coach or one GM and they, yeah, there's already some rivalry going on. There's absolutely no question about that. How things went down at the draft that shouldn't, and it's all new. People are all, we're learning every day with this. We really are every single day. Yep. And uh, yeah, apparently oh. there was some, there was some cussing went on at the draft too. So here's my question. Um, a lot like since this is the first time for the draft and you, like you say, there is some disagreements and stuff like in anything, will there be some friendships lost over it? I mean, we're all going into this as, you know, friends, I guess, or, or whatever, but do you think business wise, the business side of it now will, will bring that out? Yeah. hundred fucking Good. percent, especially when big money gets involved. Yeah. It's game on. And your, your job is to win. And if you don't win, you fucking lose that job. Right. So yeah, friendships aside, that's your living now for lots of these yeah. guys. Cause up until this point, it's been an individual thing. Right. So yeah. you're exactly right. It's going to, it's going to bring, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It'll like, bring so the heat. That, like I love Chasey, yeah. just like a little fucking pit bull. Megan was laughing. Cause it's like, you know, it's they're they're both for those that don't know, what would they be like five five maximum? Like yeah, both of yeah, guys yeah. are very short guys that just go with eh, little fuckers. But um here's my insights on it before we go past the fight. First things first, I've been in that situation with JW Hart before where I've been on one of his bulls and he comes unglued and started screaming at me in the fucking bucket shoots and in my face. He was actually giving me the finger while I was in the shoots. So He's got a temper, and I love that shit. Fuck, when I was riding, soon as a contractor would even show the slightest bit of emotion, I used that, and I just fucking, because I like confrontation, so I'd fucking get mad back, and then it, like, would help me riding, right? I'd get mad. Like, that day, I rode that bull as fucking long as I could and kept spraying him as long as I could, and then jumped up on the chutes, and I was like, hey, motherfucker, you got something to say to me now? And he said, I was trying to, I was trying to, I was trying to help you. If you don't think so, we could take this outside. And it was Brock Radford and Lindsey Collier on the shoots. And I looked at him and I'm like six, four, right. And whatever. He wasn't backing down, but I was like any fucking time, any fucking place, bud, we'll do her. But and then, and that was it. Chase didn't give him that, that option to do that. But this is, that's the thing, right? So JW's known to, to do that. Right. And you grab me by the face mask. I'm fucking punching you in the face. Same thing goes with Chase. You grab me by the back of my belt loop and pull me back off the chutes like you did to J-Dub. That right, reiterated right back. I'd fucking punch you in the face, too. You grab me by the belt loop trying to push me off, pull me off the back of the chutes. 100%. So, I mean, it is what it is. So, I th- I think I like it. I think it's fine. Um, they obviously yeah, the world needs it. more of that. It's fucking, we're cowboys. And that's the thing. No, Drinking, it's not even that. It's just, there's, too many, there's too many soft people in the world. Yeah, I loved it. I loved every Off aspect. Off this whale shit. Yeah. So hopefully it's uh, it's all good, and it's they wouldn't fucking hurt each other. Then the the only thing I didn't like about it was Leanne Hart goes on um Facebook and she has like a they're very religious, and that's fine if you want to be religious, but don't like bring a fight, a fist fight into somehow God. And I, well, I don't understand religion all that well, so I'm probably not the best to talk <laughs> on that in the first place. But I mean, oh my God, like just leave it alone. Like don't even go there. Just, you know, in my opinion, but I don't know. I don't understand how people can just like do shit. And then if they're religious, pretend that it's all wow. okay and it's all good because I, they're 
they're a person of God, da 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 da. But yeah, I mean, there's so many different aspects of it that are a little wild, a little Western, but the the actual standing up for what you think, I like that, and I like fighting, so I thought that was pretty cool and good on fucking both of them for not trying to make a scene of it who knows what comes of it i know it's pbr and they'll try to probably try to have some supplemental discipline of it but i fucking like it let them roll i can't wait till i can't wait till there's the first shoot clearing brawl hey team on team oh Oh, yeah when one one team one guy hits the button on the other guy's team and then there's the other teams oh yeah 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 we might see the guys keeping their helmets on longer (laughs) the the best the best part about that is i think you know even if there was a brawl hypothetically speaking of course uh they'd probably sit back in the dressing room afterwards and laugh about it exactly like you fight your friends that's i don't know if you guys always (laughs) did that but my friends my crew like we always did that's fucking and you hear like McBride talk about it in their podcast, old school mentality and J dub, all them guys back in the day. It was, if you didn't have anybody to fight, you fought each other, which I think is <laughs> changed. It's obviously changed now, but that's probably another part of our generation getting soft and fucking it, let shit go. Have some fun. Fuck. You know, cares? you know, if, if you weren't an avid NFP you'd listen to that statement, like someone outside of our, <laughs> of our cool people and 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 say what the fuck did that guy just say like what yeah. you fight your friends yeah. it's reality folks it's fucking reality yeah so that was kind of cool any publicity is good publicity so we'll see if that gives the kansas city outlaws of the oklahoma freedom a little bit of a chip on their shoulder to, to go and win this weekend in cheyenne so um yeah it is what it is on to the next one. What do we got? Scott, fill us in. High school finals. You were down there. John Crimber, who we talk about a lot on this podcast, is a young up-and-comer. Takes the bull riding. Statler right. The next right in the climb. Oh, they buck cover takes... They what? Well, I, I lied to you. They said he didn't make it. They had him marked on one side, but not the other. So they got oh. him. Must have got him on time. Uh, Here we go. Uh, Fucking the Canadian right off yeah. the bat. Eh? Oh, God damn it. Who's cover Chuck fighting? Cover Chuck fighting somebody. Uh, <laughs> He's uh, back shedding the mist. Okay, back down to the high school finals. Yes, three D yes. bull riding athlete Statler Wright. National well, team. we all know the Wright family is more than famous in the Western um, industry, the rodeo industry, uh, the bronc riding industry. And I'll tell you what, that young Statler, uh, there was a lot of high school girls around that place that just. Um, we're very happy to see him. So, I mean, <laughs> that's they were really it. happy to cheer him on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, it's it's like you would never imagine as a how old is that kid exactly? Do you know? Jason? High school. 18? 18. Yeah. Like, is he 18 for sure? Okay. Yeah, actually, he's, going he to rodeos. He's, he's going to PRC rodeos. So. Okay. But, you know, follow him around. I think of the story about you trying to get the uh, Wright brothers through the convention at, at the nfr last year and how you finally told them to take off their jackets so you could actually get somewhere yeah um it kind of like that only at a high school level there with him so you know the kid's famous before he's famous and uh, i'm sure he will be famous on top of it the way he rides obviously he won it this year he's the national high school finals world champion um and just a class act his dad was down there as well i didn't get a chance to say hello to him but uh, it's kind of hard down there with 14 or yeah. 1600 students that's it. how many arenas are they rolling with two big uh 
outdoor arenas uh, in front of the grandstand and they're rolling both of them right through the whole deal uh, two announcers and I mean it's busy you're trying to keep track of everything and and then they have uh, a cutting and a raining um, two arenas kind of right there as well that are going at the same time and and then you know the crazy part once everything's done as far as rodeo they have jackpots till like three in the morning so it's never really ends down there. And, I wonder and what else sure. all those high school kids are doing till three in the morning. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know what? But well, but well run, well organized. I mean, I don't know how many golf carts they have down there. Like you just rent them, eh? and so it's just chaotic. Um, but dances for the kids every night to keep them busy, and uh, yeah. I bet. You know, you know, the human, the human mind is very innovative. So we'll just leave it. We'll just leave it at, even at a high school dance, you can have some fun. We'll leave it at that. Uh, right. From what, sure. from what I hear, from what I hear. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, John Krimber, uh, the next phenom in my mind, um, the kids. Well, Cody Custer said it, never seen anything like it in his life. Well, and that's the first time I ever got to see him live. I've watched some stuff, you know, with Braden's brought up to me, but, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's just a step above everybody else. Um, Grady Young ended up sixth, I think, overall in the world. Um, when it was all said and done, kid had a good showing as well. Um, and I just want to reiterate, uh, these Grady kids did? were not, yeah, he yeah. was, uh, he did really good down there. And that kid's talented. Grady? Yeah. Yeah. Finish sixth. Yeah. I, I thought I saw. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he yep. did. And, and rides good. And I want to, I want to reiterate that I know we had uh, Cody Custer on the pod before, and he's kind of one of the guys that's uh, uh, he's for making this more rideable for these kids. I think don't quote yeah. me the exact number, but after all the rounds, which I think there was 13 plus your final day, your short goal, which is 14, they only rode like, 21 or 22 bulls bulls were strong i will say that um you had to have your game face on if you were gonna cover a bull down there so um but yeah they're not getting on just jump kickers i'll tell you that there was more times than not we were like holy cow and you know the the bucking horses too it's 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 i guess if you go to the national high school finals it's next level and uh and i you got to have your your hammer cock, so to speak. But lots of t- up and coming talent, and uh, our, our future is bright in the sport. There's a lot of a uh, lot of listeners that will have a story of a bull that they got on, or a bull that they seen at the high school finals. That maybe mm-hmm. it was at the world finals later, or something like that. It's always been kind of like that. They always bring the heat. But I did see. I don't know if you said this or not. I was looking over my sheets of what we're going to go to next. But Cody Custer being pissed off about that. Did you talk about that? Yeah, I didn't know. I, I said he's been working at getting these bulls more to a, I, I will say one thing, the bulls that were there was even, it was an even pen other than, you know, five or six digs, but they definitely had it even for everybody. Um, just they, they had it even for everybody. They were all bulls that were way over their head. Yep. John Krimber <laughs> took the win. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I John, mean, that, John Krimber could make the PBR world finals right now. If he that's was, if he was, if he was allowed to ride as an underager. Yeah, exactly. And there is, there's five or six kids there that fit those bulls and maybe that's what they get on every day or they're just that talented, but uh, I'm not going to get into that. It was an even pen. Um, 
that's for somebody else to figure out. But that John Krimber, when you say phenom, you know, if he can stay healthy, what scares me about him is he's young. He's young and uh, getting on bulls like that every day. Who knows what can happen? But anyway, all that aside. And every day. Like if you follow him on Instagram, he gets on one of them every day. Yeah. yeah. Stay healthy, but he's, boy. But he's a two-time world champion back-to-back. Yeah. So Two-time champion of the world. Um, does he yeah. not have one more year of high school yet? Probably. Well, I believe so. Yep, he does. Not so, bad. So CC yeah. Ryder put a post of how the Bulls were way over their head and that he was mad at the people and really called out the people that were picking the Bulls. And it looks like it's gone now, so he might have got rid of it. But then there's this recent post. So my post from Wednesday night caused a hailstorm of opinions from well-informed as well as not so well-informed people. I may have gone about it the wrong way, but I did but it did its job. I have spoken with some of the leadership of the NHSRA. I've been invited to meet with them to help find a solution. So yeah, he goes on to talk about how he's picked bulls and he's, we've talked about, listen to his podcast. If you don't know where CC rider stands on, on bull power and developing of these kids. Um, but he was fucking fired up about the bullpen uh, yeah. off the start there, but it looks like he's might've got something lined out here, but yeah, to each their own. Like you say, it's the final. So they're supposed to be bucking fuckers because it's the finals. And then on the other hand, you want to make sure that these kids are not getting killed off or anything over their heads. But bull riding's but, fucking bull riding, man. It's hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can have like an 18-pointer that has a great day as a fucking 23-pointer, yeah. and you look like a piece of shit because some kid got wiped out, you know? Well, and the other – like, I remember in – I think it was 92. I went to the high school finals in 91. And How old I were mean, you, 22? Yeah, 25, actually. <laughs> but – but thanks for bringing it up, you cocksucker. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, uh, just <laughs> threw me off there. Um, Speechless. Yeah. No, but uh, but that, like back then, they I remember like Skulls Bubonic Palace. All oh, there was NFR bulls there, and you know we were getting on jump kickers circle buckers at best so it's a real eye-opener and, and you know what from my kids point of view it's a real eye-opener too you know the team roping the reigning cow horse which my boys are in there's some kids down there that team rope as good as any guy that's yeah. going to the nfr it, like it is so in every event there's the phenom so it's it's good it's good to see that kind of competition drives you a little bit harder yeah that can roots okay bad read Riverside Dodge, baby, let's go. Title sponsor of the podcast. Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan is home of the award-winning Ram Truck. They are the brand you trust to haul a trailer load of ranked bulls along with your crew up front in the cab. Whether you want to go check fences or tailgate outside the next PBR event, the boys at Riverside Dodge have the right truck for you. Riverside Dodge is not only the dealer of choice in northern Saskatchewan, but also sells and services all across western Canada. Go see Ty and the gang at Riverside Dodge for a fair, no-bullshit deal on your next truck and tell them Tanner's saying. Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert is the official truck sponsor and dealership of the NFP podcast. Get your truck, Uh, Scott? Hey, uh, was just, hey boys, just, we had a we had third and fourth place finish in the team roping down there. Sask was third. Cavis, Cavis Drake, is that how you say that kid's name, Scott? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And Coulter Dunn won third. And Clay McNichol and Denim Ross, which Denim would be a – oh, yeah, Botha. That'd be Rockies. Rockies, oh, yeah. Yeah, they finished fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
you know what i should i should say there is a lot of canadian talent too like is there yeah, fucking right. oh yeah yep. yeah you know that's the thing within you know saskatchewan manitoba alberta bc um there's some good kids coming up and that's nice to see I, we didn't definitely didn't have to none of the provinces that joined in from canada had to hang their head low for sure everybody everybody tried their ass off and girl from bc won the reigning cow horse so that's pretty amazing too so good deal oh, yeah yeah well, good for her. uh what drake kid who's his parents i don't know the drakes are um, open drakes yeah. like kent drake i don't know if it's well what's the other brother wasn't there know. two of them yeah 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 i can't remember now kent and kara something yeah well that's good to see fuck that's kind of cool that you like same as i guess we always see but the next generation you know the last name well, the ross kid and stuff like that well and, crazy and to think that those kids are that old yeah dale scott had a boy in the calf rope down there i don't think he did did anything but you know got to talk to him and it's funny to see the guys you rodeoed with now are now we're cheered on the kids already so it, it changes quick um yeah, it was kind of like a reunion at times. You'd run into people you haven't seen for a while. So yeah. uh, you didn't have any did. fun, did you? Oh my God. <laughs> we went. So I just got to tell a quick story. There was a little bar across the street from our campsite. So we thought we'd just boil down there in the six seater golf cart and a little, <laughs> and a little uh, moped motorbike that Braden has electric. I rode that. But anyway, we pulled up this little bar and we got in there. And I mean, it only sat maybe 50 people. And there was this bell on the wall. And I just wanted to get the goddamn waitress's attention. Uh -oh. So I rang it. Well, guess what that gets you? You buy the bar. By the round, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was just ready to slap my credit card down and drop the cool 300 US for all the drinks. Well, the lady come up and she gives me the bill. It's $83. So I rang the fucking thing again and the rest is <laughs> <was> history. <laughs> the rock uh, I'm like, the rock hey, yeah. It, and so that spread through camp in a hurry um, that the Manitoba gang tore down the Elks bar. So, yeah, we had a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, that's good. I have no regrets for making the trek, that's for sure, and, and neither do the kids. Yeah, that's good. It's like something like, I don't know, lots of people really take it super serious. Like, it's fucking end-all, be-all. But it, in reality of it, it is what it is. But it's a great experience, right? And like you say, for these kids to get to compete and see these other guys and then be like hey i gotta go home and fucking step this up or do that right it's pretty cool and you got guys like statler's probably gonna make the nfr this year and, you know guys right. like that that you're competing against that that you know you'll always have that so it's cool great experience congrats to all the canadian kids and everybody that is at the high school finals that's a big feather in the cap yeah for sure and it it just like i said it brings them up to a new level dylan ended up 52nd out of 117 in the reigning cow horse right in the middle of the pack well you know, that's great that he, to do that. Now he comes as we're driving home. He's just like, okay, I got to get this done and this done and got to be better. So something to shoot for. Hell yeah. So did you get your truck? You didn't go on that. You haven't got that yet? I just, I just text tied it today. I'm like, yeah, any sign of my truck? He's like, well, it's not sitting outside the front door yet, but I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's on its way. It's on its way. Good. Yeah. What about uh, speaking of trucks and driving? How was the getting across the border? Do you have any troubles with that getting back? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Uh, it makes you want to move to the U.S. more every day. We pulled up, headed south, 
Guy said, hey, how's it going? What are you headed down for? Boom, done. Didn't even look at horse papers. We're gone. We're coming home. I don't know if you got a half hour, but it is not easy to get back into your own country. It's actually disgusting, to tell you no the truth. No shit. Ah, yeah. Still. Yeah, very, very disappointing. Um, not only the COVID stuff, which was disappointing enough, they just told me to pull ahead and went through every fucking cupboard, nook, cranny of that motorhome, even checked the hay rack because it was empty so they couldn't see what was in it went through everything everything and did you have uh, any snuff copenhagen hit out no i I mean i i I, i'm an honest guy i just told them what i had you know i had some booze had some darts and uh uh they just felt that too many compartments i did hear from uh denton edge who got raked over at the coals coming in this into saskatchewan because that's where they crossed they were at the border for four and a half hours coming home yeah 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 we were there for an hour and a half probably or something like that but um they are quite concerned not only about COVID, but also about human trafficking smuggling humans into canada yeah you fit that bill you fucker yeah yeah like (laughs) yeah exactly i roll up no no we just got two cans of stuff and some darts and five (laughs) and five humans stuffed in the back there but uh It, it is, um, it is, of course, we had lots of scenarios to deal with to get back. And uh, it is unbelievable how inconsistent the rules are and how they make no sense, even to, at this time. I never, I bet you the whole time we were in the U.S., I've seen four masks and, that no, and that's no shit down there. Like, yeah. it is not non-existent. And one of the dads that we were traveling with said it best, and Jason, you've said this before, they just don't want you to travel, right? Yeah. Yeah, they don't want to see how the rest of the world's living. And, and that I, is, I really, I, I really saw that in in Vegas in October, or in December at the national finals. There, it was. Yeah. I I was just like, there's no way I'm passing a test to get home. That was, which is crazy to think like that. But when you're when you're up here in this environment in this climate like this, you that's just what you're led to believe. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And they keep fucking bringing them back. Like, what the oh, fuck? We're no, trying to no, go no, down no, and live. No, and yeah. holy monkey fuck. pox. Careful, guys. Careful. Yeah. What is uh, it I now? Mean... The prop the proper way to have, the proper way to have sex with monkey pox is to sit six feet away from each other and, and masturbate. Like, what the fuck you thought of <laughs> what? that? No shit. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Anyway, I I I I tell you, here's the downfall of it too. What person from the U.S. wants to come to Canada and tour around for the summer? You know, who wants to go through that hassle to even try to get across? Yeah, yeah. Well, even going to work or you know, go to do events and shit down there, right? Like, I was having to do that every weekend. It's like fuck. Like it's as much yeah. as it doesn't seem like a hassle. You've been through it now. It's a fucking yeah. hassle. Oh, Jason, I gotta come home. Stress. I gotta come home. Shit. I gotta come home from Nashville. Uh, and the, through and now, yeah, now they're that's one of the airports. They're random testing now again. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You know they need that. They need more on their fucking plate at that piece of shit. I, I know. I, yeah, I I know we don't need to talk about this COVID shit anymore. But here's one other thing. It's already out there. You can feel it. Uh, some of the comments are that this is building again for this fall. Like they're already setting the seed that it's, I just heard on the news this morning as I was getting out of bed, we always have the news on and um, that cases are going up and this is going up. And, you know, it's that 
feels like that calm before the storm again. So I hope no one falls for it a second time because yeah, if they do, that. they're dumb fucks. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Um, on that note, I love it. One more ad read. Hooked up, up Enterprises, boys. I like this one. We got a fucking code too and everything now. So this is sick. For the biggest moments, under the brightest lights, in the biggest situations, get hooked up. Hooked Up Enterprises is a creative partner for Western sports and beyond, providing customized arena wear for some of Rodeo's most elite athletes and state-of-the-art arena wrap display products for some of Western sports' most prestigious events. They are the official in-arena gear of the NFB podcast. Find out more at www.get dash hooked up.com or follow them on facebook instagram and tiktok stand up stand out and stay hooked also for all of you people looking to get some hooked up gear whether it be bullfighting gear arena rap whatever the hell you might be looking at when you're talking to brent and the boys that get hooked up use the code hashtag nfp to save 15 percent at checkout so there you go. Save a little dough when you're when you're getting the goods with get hooked up. NFP hashtag NFP save fifteen percent. And they've been good, boys. I busted my new jerseys out in Benalto. They look fly. They look flash. Did a hell of a job. And then we rolled on into the Calgary Stampede. Did you guys get to watch any of that? I didn't uh, really talk about that on any of the other podcasts, but a little did. bit. Yeah, we guess I did a little bit on TV. Yeah. Yep. yep. Chad Bestplug, arena director, stepped up to the plate. He did good there. It was good. Good show. I was proud to be a part of the greatest outdoor show on earth. Okay, let me take over the question part of the NFP podcast, episode 52. Let's go, Tanner, Tanner Byrne, you rode bulls there many times, won rounds there, uh, started there as a steer rider. I remember standing out in front of you with speaking of fuzzy hair at that time. Fuzzy hair, <laughs> old cinnamon nuts there. Anyway, uh, what was it like rolling in there into that bullfighter dressing room and putting your cleats on the first day? Was the atmosphere different for you or was it still the same kind of, I know no one will ever, not many, sorry, people will experience that atmosphere around the Calgary Stampede and down below with the guys and stuff, but was it different than riding? For sure. I was unreal though. Fuck, was it cool? It was, uh, you know, like the night before, same thing. Like, you know, you get the jitters and you fucking have trouble sleeping and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what's, and I haven't had that for a long time, right? Maybe like the Canada finals and, and stuff like that, some big events, but it's the Calgary Stampede, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it was uh, nerved up, but then, you know, rolling in the dressing room, Brett Monet, uh, Monty Phillips was in there and then Jesse Byrne. So that was pretty amazing. Me and Jesse just kind of rolled together and Brett was super cool. Monty's doing his thing and um, just kind of rolled in there and uh, we fucking enjoyed every minute of it, you know, and, and uh, there was, you know, you guys get ready in the, in that little side um, yeah. run up yeah. alley or the pickup man get ready over there yeah. and you're stretching out and like, you know, you, you go to big rodeos, but that fucking place is pretty wild, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's where you know, when you walk in that, that the grandstand, you forget how big it is. Yeah. Before you walk out in that arena and how big. Oh, it was just cool. Yeah, it was all around. Huge experience to be the first guy to do that ride and fight there. And then me and Jesse be the first brother duo. There was. Yeah, it's fucking. Yeah, we'll go down in history. Super cool. Super amazing. Um, now the question is, did you sign the door in the dressing room before you left? Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, we seen nice. the picture. Yeah, just kind of that stuff is, is probably the coolest part of it. When it comes to fighting bulls, it's the same as anywhere else, 
right? You, you got to jump out there and do your job, but it's the cool, the fucking nostalgia and the guys that have been there before you guys and fucking Steve Mowry, um, yeah. you know, all the biggest names in the game have fought bulls at that sucker. Right. So it's kind of like, Oh, I get to step in that arena and do that same sort of stuff and then sign the door and the prestige of, you know, and put that in your cap is what a bullfighter at the fucking Calgary stampede. Right. That's people's um, on their resumes and shit. So, Oh, it's cool. It's amazing. It was very thankful yeah. for that opportunity. Also, um, you were there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, correct? Yep, three days. Yep, I was okay. the as I was called on Facebook, the rookie relief bullfighter. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I have nice. <laughs> that is kind of funny, actually. Yeah, yeah, you're relieving the boys, giving them a day off. Well, good for yep. you. You know, every yep. rookie's got to start somewhere. That's um, right. Yep. But anyway, um, I had talked to our old buddy Flint Rasmussen. I called him on Tuesday, I think. Yeah, Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. And I said, uh, we chatted for quite a bit and we were discussing that, uh, you know, the old fuck you Thursday. And for mm-hmm. everybody that doesn't know what that is, Calgary starts on the Friday. So you go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And by Thursday, mm-hmm. it's kind of the tension day. It's the yep. tension day where everybody's just sick of everybody and you know, food in the tent and the dessert sucks. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. You know, having coffee's cold. Six the days, coffee's right? not hot enough. <laughs> yeah. You're up shape so, by that time. So we've called that fuck you Thursday for probably over 10, 12 years now. So, and, and it was really started by Mr. Flint Rasmussen himself because one day he came in after the perf and all the steer riders had drank all the Gatorade in the main, in the main hangout area there. And I'll never forget. He kicked the door. And he's like, he told the kids before he come down to the dressing room, he's like, thirsty little fuckers aren't yet <laughs> and as he as as he came in the dress room he literally kicked the door open threw his sunglasses down and ever since then it's been fuck you thursday and it's amazing because friday rolls around everybody's good again you know? the weekend baby <laughs> so the first thing i got uh thursday morning was a fuck you from uh brett gardner <laughs> <laughs> i then texted brett Monya and said you know, fuck you. And it went on and on and on. Yep. And then I text Flint and I said, uh, just to let you know, this is the national fuck you committee calling or texting. <laughs> and I just wanted to say, fuck you. <laughs> and, was, and he texts back. We were good. So uh, I was, I was glad, I was glad you got to experience fuck you Thursday at the Calgary stampede. Yeah. hundred percent. I wasn't in that mode yet. I was still fresh. So I was ready. To right. <laughs> I was like a little kid be bobbing around. Everybody's like, fucking sit the fuck down. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that no, was cool. Good experience. So, a lot of fun. And then, um, Jason Colonna all went good out there. Good crowd. PBR, yeah, Canada they drank event. a lot. They drank a lot. Yeah, it was, yeah, you two, like, God, both you guys, hey, eh? couldn't make the trip. I know we'll get there. We got the Gully Cup series events in the fall. That's I was, I was there a couple of years ago. Two, how many years has it been since you were there? Yeah, I rode we, there uh, last time. We set an attendance record for us out of the three years we were there. Actually, we were up about 20%. So that was nice. Uh, and they did drink a lot. We had to escort a couple out. My son Jackson was quite concerned. We were on the back of the shoots and he's like, Dad, look, that's like the second person they're taking out of here. And I'm like, Son, they've already paid to get in. It's okay. <laughs> we'll, sell about. A, we'll sell them a program on the way out the door. Oh, the one guy uh, was chunking beer beer cans so through his beer at Caddy, the bullfighter. <laughs> he got two of them chunked out of him. <laughs> well, that's not the first time that's happened. Yeah, yes. fuck, you should be used to that. 
Um, I do go on to skip back to the trip south. We stopped in Deadwood and uh, toured the rodeo grounds there and the museum and everything. And in that, if anybody gets a chance, that museum there is unreal. Uh, the heritage and both the mining and then the cowboys and got going through some old programs. And whose number, whose name did I come across? Oh, that's right, Ryan Byrne. Oh, um, episode fifty-one, Ryan Byrne. Yeah, it was cool, man. I sent him some pictures and and you know the old programs and stuff, and he just texts back proof that I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, if you ever get a chance to stop there, it's a pretty cool place. All right, okay. We've been going for a while here. We can um, get to wrapping this up. That was fun. You guys were a little bit fucking. Uh, that you're gonna fall asleep at the start but boys you pulled through <laughs> you pulled through yeah, <laughs> huh? yeah that's right yeah a uh, couple of housekeeping items uh jared parsonage i think he's broke top 10 now in the prca so we'll be on uh we'll be on jerry watch we'll call it jerry, jerry watch, watch yeah uh, john wayne watch uh, for the next end of the year see if he can get those yellow buck and shoot so where's he cool he's not in uh yeah he's not coming he's to in, north battleford so he must be in cheyenne he's in cheyenne yeah i watched it earlier today before we got on here and jordy hansen was 85 and then it looked like jared was getting ready to go they got different sections and shit so i didn't see how he did there but yeah hopefully you can pluck away at him get some get some money and represent us on the big stage same as jordy so he can rip in there uh as well got to give shout out to zeke thurston i don't know if you guys have been watching or not but calgary stampede wins three rounds uh goes to cheyenne wins the round there so guy is hot looking for that third world championship so shout out to uh former guest on the show zeke fucking good to see him rolling got a good style so good for him um other than that i got more to talk to you about jason with hockey and all this different stuff but we'll uh We'll save that for next time. We'll be back. Yeah, I still got a couple more to do. We'll have the contract. We'll have the contract session on the next one. I still got a a couple more here. Sounds good. We'll recap the first team series events and then give a little uh, shout out for the start of the season after Cheyenne, right? Because they kind of do that second half run. So we'll get to that. Uh, one more thing I did want to tell you guys, too, on the podcast. Let's guess you'll know the bull, little Shorty. Uh, I turned him out on some evil genius heifers here uh, this week. He's going to go and do that for a little bit, and then he's going to finish out the year. It's going to be his retirement season for old 58-day. Oh, oh you're just trying to, are you just, is this where you're laying the groundwork so I make sure I bring him to Edmonton? I fucking better be at Edmonton. Yeah, I really love a bunch of disappointed bull riders. <laughs> yeah, mostly letting the bull riders know if you want to get yeah, a talk on Mealy them. The, oh, most, yeah. the, the most well-loved bulls in there. But J.B. Yeah. Mealy, he bucks the odd guy off. Well, fucking shorty, Tick Tets wrote American seller, but he bucked butters off here. He's been claiming victims, boy. He's got some fucking bang to him. So try to get him to go out on the top of his game. So for you bull riders that know get him uh that's kind of a funny story too i bought that bull from brandon stewart i don't know if he's a listener or not a long time ago it was a uh, joint package between him and deja voodoo remember him oh, yeah. they both came up together and deja voodoo was kind of the banger at that time and then you know it all turns out a little shorty kind of took the cake and ended up being world finals bull and bull of pbr canada finals and had a good career for us with flying force so yeah give him a shout out this will be his last year so with that Boys and gals, good to catch up with you guys as always. Hopefully, we could get to doing it more. 
that's kind of the busier time, I guess, probably that we all have, right? This last two months of fucking banging out summer. So hopefully we can get back to every two weeks to, to doing these things in the fall and stuff too. We'll get going again. But thanks for everybody for understanding that uh, we literally have been on the road for probably two months here now. So we're kind of making these work, but we'll get them back out more steady as we as we roll along. So thank you uh we love you guys hashtag nfp go get that code with hooked up go to riverside dodge get your fucking truck let's go baby yeah and calgary stampede champion speaking of that we got him coming up next so uh cool oh, insights with the boy the one and only here is our interview with dakota but to the built ford tough championship is the number one man within a season that he absolutely dominated this award, extremely well-deserved and incredibly earned. Your 2020 PBR Canada Built Ford Tough Championship winner and this year's national champion from Kindersley, Saskatchewan, please welcome Dakota Butter. When you started out the season, you had an unbelievable run of 11 out of 11 rides, and, and that is unheard of in this industry with the caliber of bulls we have. What clicked? What changed for you? What made that consistency come? Uh, to be honest, it's just the di different atmosphere at home. You know, like every time I nod my head, I know I got my buddies on the shoot and family, friends. I've known all these guys since we were kids here. I mean, grew up together, and guys like Jake, Brock, and Wyatt, and Cole that have my back every weekend and help me on even even when they're sitting first they're right there helping me on and rooting for me and that gets me fired up more than anything this is your 2020 canadian pbr champion dakota butter our guest today is a four-time pbr world finals qualifier six-time cfr qualifier and a three-time canadian champion He's also an event winner on the premier series of the PBR and was just recently crowned the champion of the greatest outdoor show on earth, the Calgary Stampede. From Etonia, Saskatchewan, it's Dakota Butter. Butters, how are you, my man? Good, how are you guys? Good, little tire pump. Doing good, buddy, there. doing good. Little tire pump gets you fired up just to reiterate how great you are, how much you've done already. So it's pretty cool. Good to have you on this podcast, bud. Thanks for having me. Just to get you talking and bragging about yourself because you do that so often. Yeah. Really fires himself <laughs> up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really boasts not, a lot. <laughs> not. So, butters, first, before we get into Calgary, fill us in. Um, Last night, I hear that they did a little thing for you in Etonia. They had a celebration for you. What kind of went on there? Fill us in on all that. Yeah, it was it was pretty dang cool, actually. It, uh, I had no idea they were doing it. Yeah, I had some family out from Australia, a cousin of mine. We were going to go into Kindersley for supper, and Caitlin said, oh, we got to stop at the hall and sign some stuff for the for the wedding. I said, well, can't you go in and sign it? You can just forge my signature. I'm sure they don't care in town here. <laughs> <laughs> Etonia. <laughs> so I was a little mad. We had to walk in there. I said, well, look at all the cars here. We're going to be waiting all night. The restaurant closed at 8.30. <laughs> walk in there, and there's quite a few people in there. It was awesome. It was pretty special. It uh, meant a lot. Oh, good deal. So it was like a surprise kind of celebration for you? Like a yeah, was there, Calgary? Yeah, everyone there, and they had like some pictures and banners and stuff, and wrote a bunch of nice stuff on it. And uh, yeah, just basically congratulate me on Calgary. It was pretty pretty cool. Did you have well, to say a speech? Uh, tell Katie thanks for the invite. 
Did you have yeah, to say you speed? Know what, you know what? Good week at Calgary, but shit, I think you've added another ten or 12,000 since Calgary, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's been a good good week. I This is actually my first day home, really, since uh, before Calgary, like before Snyder's deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, like don't get too comfortable because I'm going to see you in North Battleford tomorrow. <laughs> you're not, Are you going? Are you going to Battleford? Out on us. You're not well, turning out on us. <laughs> did, I, did they get AC in there? Is, did I hear that right? Or are they? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. You bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, bet. I fucking bet. Uh, Jason, those rinks have been a little hot, buddy. You've been fucking uh, tight on the budget with the AC or what the fuck's going on there? We're oh, that's how good die. the action is, brother. That's how good the action is, man. Okay, butters, butters. Oh, what what do you take? What do you take? What do you take as a bigger accomplishment? Calgary Stampede Championship or Manor Fun Days? <laughs> <laughs> Manor, fuck Manor for sure. Hard uh, out there, holy man. Cut around like a rotor tiller through there or something. <laughs> rotor tiller. The ground, the ground was pretty hard. Dude, lumpy, holy man. It's like, <laughs> I swear they ran through her that morning with a cultivator. And that was it, eh? Yeah. Uh, that's good. So I feel like you're really underplaying the surprise party. And that, that was pretty, pretty amazing that they would have done that, right? Like to have that. You're originally from Kindersley, moved to Etonia now, you and your soon to be wife. And, uh, that's pretty amazing. A part of the Beckers, like that whole kind of crew that's around there, I'm sure they would have been behind that. But got to feel pretty cool to have that much community support. I know a guy, rodeo, bull ride and stuff's not overly that cool, right? And when we were young and stuff, being from Kindersley, it probably wasn't like the biggest ordeal. But to have somebody, have a community and stuff do that for you, that's got to be kind of a dream come true, huh? Yeah, it is. You know, like we're around Kindersley here. It's a pretty big hockey community, the whole area really So. I am basically the only one that's in kind of the rodeo uh, sports and stuff. Like the neighbor, Dave, there, he was rodeo when he was younger. He's got some bulls now. But it, uh, it's kind of cool seeing, making new friends in the area and stuff. There's a lot more people showing interest now. Like when I box stuff at home, we get like quite a few people come out and watch us, hang out. And the support in the community, man, it's – I'm speechless. And everyone's showing up there last night. It's – you know, I see people in the street ask how you're doing and stuff, but to have that many people show up last night, man, it was it was mind blowing. It was so cool. Well, you're a celeb, pal. Yeah. You're a celeb, man. <laughs> celeb, the man. So uh, let's dive into it. Let's get into Calgary. Uh, obviously, we've wanted to have you on here and talk about different stuff. This was just kind of a great excuse to get you on here right at this moment after taking the championship at the Calgary Stampede, biggest event that you can win in Canada, obviously something that we've all dreamt about as little kids becoming the, you know, holding that big check over your head and the bronze on that big stage. So, uh, started off with just maybe the, the beginning of the week was things going your way. Were you hot all week? How did your, uh, your, your whole stampede kind of run for you? Not necessarily the championship, but just the lead up in the whole week, uh, into the, the final days. Uh, started off awesome. I drew probably the bull everybody wanted to get had positively bang in the first day got second then there's kind of pretty average week after that I bucked off the next two got the one got one row in the fourth round it was only like 77 or something but I kind of just squeaked in there to the to Sunday I'd say it wasn't it wasn't like my best week at Calgary it was pretty average just kind of 
squeaked by, had nothing, nothing really crazy for good rides or anything. And, uh, going into Sunday, I drew that bull jaded and Anson's that's, that was kind of the one I wanted coming in that day. I hadn't really seen him a whole lot last couple of years because he's been down south, but he, uh, with all the good bulls in there, I figured if I rode him, it'd give me enough to squeak in there. So it, uh, yeah, say for the week, I'd say it was pretty average other than going into Sunday. What stood out for you about that bull? Because that bull doesn't get rode very often. They rode him earlier in the week, Reed, uh, Reed rode him, but they don't fucking stay on that bull hardly ever. So what kind of stood out for you that made you kind of want to have that one? He usually goes right too, right? And he went left um, with you as well. So what, yeah, what was his kind of lure to you? Uh, just a couple of videos I've seen, like he always seems to kind of stack them out out of there, stack them up real good, and then kind of gives you a blanker either way he's going to go. I really like when uh, they rode him during the week there. He kind of had some suck back and then went out. And it was like good. He scored pretty high. I think he won the round on him. And then another kind of heard. I never seen him, but I think it was in Wainwright or somewhere. Somebody said he just stacked him up and was really cool to the left. So I figured that's kind of the one I wanted in there, just because he sounded like he'd score high on me, ride all right. Yeah, fucking right. You know, ironic. You you say you didn't have a very good week. Neither did Proctor. And look who was holding up the check on Sunday. Yeah, like Shane drew crap all week. Like I. I think, what do you get, like three or four re-rides during the week? Yeah. Well, it's not how you start them, it's how you finish them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember Douglas saying that. I remember when you were being positive, we were all fucking butthurt and down in the dumps, bucked off everything, and he's like, fuck, it's what the wild card's for. He said that's how he, <laughs> when he won Calgary and he won Houston, both times went through the wild card, right? Oh, so, okay. <laughs> yeah, jack up them money during the week if you can, but there's always those second chances, right? But, yeah, yeah. So, finish them. So the one bummer here, Butters, um, the COVID year 2020, you're the PBR Canada champion. Any other year, that's a check for 50000 You get half that. Calgary Stampede this year, half. Is that something that you, you throw something against the wall about, or is it just it is what it is? You know, like, essentially, COVID's cost us all a lot of money, but it's cost you about 75000 that I could add up just in quick figuring. Yeah, I mean, it's – the guy thinks about it a little bit, but not really anything I can do. Like, they could have postponed it for another year or two and had nothing. So, like, sitting at home for that year really made me think, you know, like, how much time does the guy have left, really? I just want to take advantage of everything I got. I mean, the Sox are not riding for that, that big check, but still I'll take 50 any day of the week over nothing. So, a question. And then that, don't forget, Scott, that manner check, eh? Oh yeah, yeah, forget that fucker. I bet that one was as much as it ever has been. And Calgary, I'm sure it will be back to what it fucking was. They set attendance records every day. Pinocchio, all these fucking rodeos, all these. Well, it better be. It better be. Right. Well, was Pinocchio not? Didn't Pinocchio? Pinocchio was flush with previous years, wasn't it? Pinocchio. This was the most money Pinocchio ever had. Yeah, Pinocchio added a bunch of money. Really? eh? I I got a question for you, Dakota. Um, When it came down to your last bull on Sunday, there in the final four. Um, but it was all said and done. You guys had tied. There was this watching it on TV. It was kind of this lull. Like, what do we do now? Um, was there was there an option to get on another one? And you guys just said, "Screw it, we're done. We'll just split it." Or was that the in fact the rule? Is that how it was going to end? You know, actually, that morning, like ten thirty in the morning, we all got a text from Calgary saying that they put in a rule 
that it can only go to one ride off and you couldn't get on anymore after that. So that rules changed that morning. So we were, we knew we were done, but I just, I didn't know what they were talking about. They were trying to, they're going to break the tie somehow, but they were talking about going uh, back to the pool, which I thought that would have been shitty for Proctor. Cause like he drew garbage all week or it could have went to the, the 10 round too. And then Proctor would have got it that way. So it could have went either way, but I mean, we both did our job in the four round. So yeah, I, I was okay with splitting it. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Is that the first split since Steve Dunham and Robin Burwash then? I think so. Yeah. Wow, and they, got, they, and they, they didn't get off they, that easy. Yeah, yeah they, they got, got off five. That easy. Did they? Yeah. Holy yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, five horses, four. I believe it was four tiebreakers. Wow. Or was it? Was it four? It was. Yeah. Like yeah, think, yeah, five or Can you six imagine times. running your hand in a bareback rig in five times in a row? Well, I'm running it in once. Fuck. Fuck. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> bullshit. Uh, that's a good question, Scott. I did like that. I had that wrote down because that was something, and I've got a lot of questions from different people because your face, it looked like it didn't, you couldn't tell if, yeah. if it, you might have been happy that it was a tie or if you were fucking pissed off that it was a tie, right? Because you were, it was like, Nobody really understood. And I had lots of guys like, hey, did Butters want to go again? Or was he just trying to end it? Or what the fuck was going on? Right. Because from just from watching on TV, you don't know. Would that have been something yeah. that you would have liked to do? Would you have liked to break the well, tie if you could? Or were you good with the tie? Well, like in my opinion, if they couldn't, couldn't have split four guys up, like what was the point of getting on, on another bowl? Like if the judges couldn't find something different between us two, it was getting on another one for their entertainment. Fuck that. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) so the bull that you had too little hooch that bull usually well first we'll start with the first bull you got on in the four round so that bull i can't remember what they called that thing what what was uh hard not to get and that bull's usually out around the left right uh he will go either way the wheel right so i was thinking you had that locked like when i seen the draw i was like fucking butters has got it because lonnie just rode him at Pinoca was 90 something on him around the left. Good as shit. Looked like it fit you perfect. Bull kind of hop skips, goes around to the right, throws you off. Um, did you think that it was all over at that point? Uh well, I, that bullish Proctor had that was a good sucker. I thought he would rode him and I was so freaking sore after that when I looked at Hartman. I said, man, I hope Shane rides. I don't know if I got another one in me, man. I'm so sore. <laughs> and then yeah. when he bought when he bucked off, me and Harmon both went, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other guys? What was the vibes like when, with Jerry and, and the other? Who else was in there? It was you, Jerry, Proctor, and. I can't remember back. the other one. Uh, people will be yelling at the fucking, at their stuff. Oh, Alan. Right now. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Brazilian. Oh, yeah, the Sosa. Yeah. The Sosa. So what's the vibe like in those situations? I've been there when, say, Chad Bestplug, when they had to redo it, and it's kind of like you think it's all over, then all of a sudden you have to refresh yourself and fucking get ready to go again and then you have another badass bull and it's just like it's starting fresh and you can still win the calgary stampede so is it just a roller coaster of a down and then all of a sudden uh an up that you have a chance to do it as well i was the only one that was on the left side so everybody else was on the other side and all by yourself yeah oh. but uh Hey, when that happens, there were two bulls on this side on the side i was on so like oh maybe those give me one of these ones and no you're on the other side so Hartman grabbed my rope and I just kind of waddled to the other side and I pretty well didn't get there till I was up to go. So didn't really see any other guys till after. Just did your own thing. And then you have a little hooch that usually is right in the door of the right every single time. 
comes out half backwards, right? Didn't he? Or did he hip himself? However, it yeah, worked he, out, goes left. He hung his horn on that little bar. He did uh, tie the neck ropes on. He hung it in there and come out, went to whirl. When he come out backwards, I thought he's still going to go right, but it worked out when him going left. He feels pretty cool. Does he feel good? He looks like you're right. It's pretty fucking. Yeah, good. he just whips and he yeah. feels he feels exactly how he looks like he would. Yeah. Boom. So you take the win, take the championship, all that different stuff. You're able to block that out as you've always done throughout your career. Been able to just Ray Charles to the bullshit and not fucking worried about anybody or anything else and rose above everybody and just took the championship. So walking across that stage, even though it was a tie, putting that um, check above your head. I mean, starting in fucking Wood Mountain, Saskatchewan or (laughs) wherever the hell all over the place. Like, is that kind of just full circle? Do you put that up there with Canadian championships and winning events on tour and world finals qualifications? Is that above it or right there with it? Or where does that stand on your list? I think it's right there with all of them. It's, it's kind of a little more special because it took a lot longer. It's definitely something I'm pushing. I've never really had much luck there other than this year and last year. So it kind of felt a little more special just because the time it took. But I say it's right up there with all the other ones. Fucking right. Champ. Calgary Stampede champ. That's cool. Yeah. If everybody can hear the, the wind blow at some points, that's uh, Scott Burney smoking darts and he opens his fucking window <laughs> to ask. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to flush in the I, first time. I, I did too. I, was a yeah. flush too. I, thought, I thought I was going to get away with that. Jesus <laughs> for you guys. Come on. Come on. I'm traveling here. I'm traveling. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay, buddies. No, that's super cool, man. And um, we all know it. We've all been a part of Calgary in different assets or whatever the hell it's called. Aspects. Aspects. Assets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you well, know, some we know of us were dentist. probably assets. We're not sure if you were there, LT. Every now and again. But yeah, uh, huge, uh, huge shout out. Put your name beside all those other big, huge names and go down in history. They can never take that away from you. So who got the bronze? Oh, Rockers. Proctor took no. it home, but I get another oh, one. They're gonna make another one. I was like, "Fuck, he's already got one. He better have fucking they, gave you it." They they got a whole freaking cellar full of them, I guess. So they didn't have I've to make that room. Get it? I've been yeah. in that room. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah. What were you guys doing in there? Can't tell. Checking shit out. Checking shit. With all the stuff, all the Me Too movements going on these days, that's that's something we got to keep between ourselves. We were. We'll we'll just leave it as we were doing inventory. I should give the bullfighters bronze as fuck. That'd be sick. Oh, yeah, for sure. That'd be awesome. Now that you're there, you have gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, but, but yeah. Anyway, but it's a huge shout out. So and kind of really, I I said this in an interview that somebody I did um, a couple of days ago was you see a lot of guys they might not be having the year that they want to have. And then all of a sudden they hit it at Calgary and it just changes their whole year, right? Like Jordy Hansen last year, yeah. lots of different guys. You've seen that. Have you noticed, obviously, like we said earlier, you've been winning since there. Does it kind of give you that confidence boost or bull riding's game of momentum? You got that momentum rolling now. You're back up in the top three in Canada again. Uh, was that kind of a changing point for you, you think? A TSN turning point for this season for you in Canada? Yeah, it definitely was because it's, I've been so crippled up this year. My actually, my plan was to just grit through Calgary and then call her for the rest of the year because I've been so crippled up. But it uh, since Calgary hit, it's been got to keep going. Now it's kind of got a 
handle on what's been sore and stuff and it's been been trying some stuff that whole week so it's kind of been working now so i've been able to ride a little bit better and get through the it's not hurting as bad so kind of keep rolling with her now are you gonna are we gonna see a rodeo the rest of the year or just pbr i well pbr is still a priority i'm entered at the few like the bigger rodeos i'm not really going yeah. to any the real far ones or the lower paying ones but like i'm in madison hat strathmore this weekend but well i like that answer that PBR is your priority. I like it a lot. Do you still have a have a shot at the CFR? Like, do you have enough rodeo counts, and is there enough money to be won yet that you could still uh, pull that off? I don't think I have my rodeo count yet, but like, there's still quite a few big rodeos left. There's, I think, uh, I think I bumped up after this past weekend. I think I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a few grand out still yet, but I think there's still a good shot to get in there. Strathmore is a pretty big paying rodeo this weekend, so. I got a good one there too. So hopefully I can make her work. Fucking right. So you talk about the injuries. Is that still looming from last year's PBR Canada finals? For those that don't know, you were the number one man coming in, end up tearing your groin uh, right before the Canada finals. Couldn't compete the last round. Uh, the, the championship slips through your fingers uh, to, to Cody Coverchuk last year. Like we've talked on this podcast, but um, big time injury. I've had groin injuries and they're a fucking horrid, especially as a guy that's trying to be a bull rider, right? That's, that's what you hang on with. So is that still looming or is there other stuff that's, that's going on with you as well? Just a wear and tear of a life of a bull rider. Yeah, no, the groin, it hasn't bothered me at all since it's, uh, my hips have been the biggest thing. It, that's basically why my groin tore last year is because my hips were getting so bad and they're still lingering a bit and had a couple other bad ones this year like my second bull back i think it was i got my gut stepped on by a pretty big bull and put me out for a few weeks there and then it came back and i hurt something else again this has kind of been just one of those beginnings of the year where nothing was working out but i uh this past well a couple weeks there with snyder's bull riding in calgary kind of seeing brandon every day there and uh kind of forgot about one of the, the tricks they were doing last year using like a seat belt the doing like the traction on the hip we were doing that lots last year and just slipped my mind we weren't doing it all year and then started doing it at uh snyder's and the hip started feeling a lot better so we've been sticking to that every every time they're there we've been doing it it's been feeling not too bad so butters have you ever rode at the kindersley rodeo and then had to shit, <laughs> had to shit so bad that you had to jump over the fence and run through the crowd to go to the bathroom fucking hartman <laughs> up this weekend <laughs> from old shit pants himself everything tell hey, us the story what that happened kin- that, kin- that kindersley that kindersley brings the best out in guys when they got to go to the john yeah. scott uh, has got a good story too but we'll leave that yeah yeah that shit will happen in kindersley i tell you <laughs> what happened uh, brothers? you got to share us with that one uh Actually, Todd brought this up this weekend because we, me and Todd are riding juniors there, and it was like right as the steer ride was starting. I was like, "Fuck, man, I got a shit like right now. Like, ain't a better time or place, hometown rodeo." And then got like it was bad. Like I was like, "Man, I might actually shit myself when I'm on." And didn't, but she it bull this hop skip down the arena. I hopped off my bull as soon as I landed. I hopped over the fence, went right to the bathroom with my gear on. <laughs> <laughs> hometown show yeah i got some good uh i got some good old 
Well, I've been doing some research. I got a few different guys messaging in some stories, so we'll get to those here as we go. But that's probably a good good little segue. We'll go back to the early days, but before we do the the ride in Canada now, you seem to be just like enjoying the shit out of it. If you're not with your wife, you're with Chad Hartman. Um, you know, you and Todd are buddies. Like you got this good crew of guys that that you get to hang out with every weekend and travel with. Has that kind of been enjoyable for you after going down south and now coming back and and traveling with guys like that is it making it fun for you again and enjoying kind of life on the road up here in canada yeah sure like it when i went down south like that was my goal as ever that's what i wanted to be where i wanted to be for a long time and going down there for the first couple of years is awesome but after you know after a while it gets pretty lonely going down there by yourself all the time living out of an airport kind of just missing all my buddies seeing stuff from at home seeing their videos and stuff how much fun they're having it uh not that didn't make good friends down there like i I did have good friends down there too but it just wasn't the same being gone all the time kind of felt like i was missing out and then 2019 when i got hurt there and came up here for the summer it was probably the best summer i've ever had is you know being with childhood friends are a little different than the new ones you make on the road it's uh you grow up riding from steers all the way up and you know each other for a long time and i uh that year 2019 being up here that whole summer really made me realize i was missing it that much and it showed in my riding like up here that summer i don't know if i bucked off even five or six bulls i think i rode just about every one that summer and then went back down south and i couldn't ride nothing again so it uh i told caitlin the guy i think i need to stay up home from now on it's just i wasn't wasn't enjoying it down there anymore it's become more of a job i was dreading going and when it comes when it's when a sport like this becomes work like that's how that's not how it should be it should be fun when it when it's not anymore you shouldn't be doing it so it's uh wait till you get a real job butters then you'll know I got a real one he does have a real job he is a fucking hard working fuck this guy he's working where are you working at like a welding shop or something or what are you doing yeah just down the road uh, guy got home 2 a.m monday morning i went to work first thing monday (laughs) (laughs) what'd you do this weekend i won calgary (laughs) i I do i do want to mail it in yeah i do want to say in 2015 the last year i fought both pbr canada finals um i i pretty much knew well i knew it was my last uh bull that i was going to fight for you and i remember handing your rope to you and saying man kid you gotta go like you gotta you know head south And, and you did and I respected you for that because the look in your eye that night when I did say that was like, yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, I'm going to go conquer bigger things. And, you know, you, you fast forward and you came back and you made the, the decision to stay in Canada. And I, I, I respect you for that because you're, you're kind of that quiet leader. You beat to your own drum and the proof's in the pudding. And uh, that's what's awesome about you. I know so at times it probably wasn't easy because – you, you didn't necessarily, um, I guess, play like the rest played. You did your job and you prepared how you wanted to and didn't care what anybody thought. And I think that's what makes you uh, the champion that you are. Really, a uh, strong, silent type. Yeah. Wish I had a little <laughs> bit more of that. Yeah. Well, you, silent type. <laughs> but, but, it, but I do. I, I mean that with all due respect. You, oh, you fuck do. yeah. You do what you do and, and you do what you do and, and you don't. You get it done, and 
for you, I would, would think it could be like, uh, fuck you there. There. I just did that. So yep. that's awesome. <laughs> Excuse me. Would you like to see my championship buckle? <laughs> uh, and for you butters like like scott says as well with like coming back and and you know just wanting to stay in canada now you could do that i feel and and be one of those guys that can actually put that on his resume and actually claim that because you fucking did it you went to the highest level you yeah. won at the highest level yeah. you did everything that you could do other than win a world championship, but everything you could at that highest level. So then you're allowed to be like, no, I'm just going to fucking stay home now and enjoy my fucking self and win a bunch of money and do what I want to do now because you've done that, right? Lots of guys pretend like they've fucking done that and they act like they want to stay home and they stay in Canada because, um, you know, they want to stay home, but really they just couldn't fucking hack it at the at the higher level. And you you proved that, right? Do you miss? Do you miss it, Dakota? Though, like, do you miss that? Going There's south into the like, big cities, like the Nashvilles, the Vegas. Oh, you know who doesn't love Vegas, and Nashville? But St. Louis, bought you know Madison Square Garden. Do you miss that? Or yeah, does, do. does manner does manner make up for it? <laughs> they're, Poor they're manner. Right, like just act on manner tonight. Yeah, <laughs> manner's fun. Fucking manner's awesome. Let's not go. It's the fun days. It's the manner. I love manner. Yeah, there is some days like I see pictures come up, and it it is it was a lot of fun going down there. I do miss it sometimes, but like I had my fun while I was down there, and I don't really I don't miss getting on the plane and going down there, but I do miss being around the guys and stuff and drawing those good bulls. But I mean, for right now, like I I do have goals to go back down there. I would like I still want to make an NFR run before my career is done, so I'm kind of just trying to build that up again for next year. Like I had all the qualifications stuff for this year, but just the way everything worked out with, uh, with COVID and everything. And then my groin being torn for so long, it just, it kind of set me back again. So I'm hoping this year I can get enough money one where I can make a winter run this next year. Hopefully. Sucks that you could <laughs> do that actually really now looking at it right with, well, who knows? Then you might not have won Calgary, but looking at it now, it would have been like, fuck, wish you could have done, got some money gathered up throughout this winter add that on to this Calgary Stampede Championship because lots of people, they might not know that half of that money won counts towards the PRCA world standings, right? So you look at a guy like Jerry, he's top 10 in the world looking to run at those yellow buck shoots. That obviously bumped you up in there. But that's kind of big. That's big news that a lot of people don't know. With you, Dakota, there's always talks about how long is Dakota going to go? Is he still enjoying it? What's he up to? Is he not going south again? You just said that you want to make a run at the NFR, so obviously you still got fucking quite a bit of fire ready to rock and roll and hit the road, huh? Yeah, like I, I feel like my riding is just, just as good as ever been, if not better. You know, talking about when I was going down south there, I am, I wouldn't change anything how I went with my career, waiting to go down there till I did. Like, I don't. Now that I've been down there and come home, like I don't think I would have been ready to go down there before I did, just where with my riding and my maturity level and stuff. But now that I've gone down there, I feel like I learned a, quite a bit going down there and just being around those groups of guys. Like my riding changed a whole lot. And I think it really boosted my riding. And I think my career really, like just going down there when I did and coming home when I did, I think that that's really helped me in all aspects in life, really. And I wouldn't have changed how I did it at all. You were always very calculated, right? When it came to 
steer riding then when it came to bull riding and the cpra and then going into pbrs you know you, you stuck directly to cpra rodeo and right so you got a kind of a canadian championship really right and then the pbrs yeah. so and you know there's always like we say you've always been that guy that's kind of been not necessarily the punching bag but the guy that everybody's like what the fuck is he doing right like what, what's he not doing it like this why isn't he doing it like we've all done it over the years right and especially maybe the older boys in the game was like what the fuck's this kid up to right and like i said earlier yeah i'll show them your buckle now but was that something that you like you learned from maybe i don't know your parents or did you learn that from looking at different guys or was that just right there between your ears that you always knew kind of the steps that you were going to take in your career yeah like i've always been pretty focused and whatever i did whether it been schooling or hockey or bull riding and uh like i my first year in school and donnie johansson still a pretty big mentor in my life and the first year in school i went to he told me, set your, plan your goal, go after it, achieve it, and then set a new one. Don't get overwhelmed setting a whole bunch. Do one at a time, set your goal, work at it, achieve it, then go to your next one. That's kind of how I've done my whole bull riding career. I always set one at a time and then shoot towards that as hard as I can. And then if if or when I got it, and then that's when I moved on to the next one. Seemed to work Simple. out all right. Simple. No, but that makes a lot of sense because I yeah, think today – I'm seeing it this year. Guys are just going too hard and they're not managing their, if you want to call it their time, their bulls, their travel properly. And they're, you know, well, you just want them to go to your PBRs. That's all you fucking want. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> I, I want, I want you to make both finals. I, I'm fine with that, but you know, you gotta, like there's rodeos out there in June that guys were beat up standing on the back of the shoots at a $20,000 bull ride in red deer. Cause they just come from a fucking $2,500 rodeo. They got beat up at it. But just think, doesn't make sense to me. I think that's a fallout from COVID too. Guys didn't get to do a whole bunch for a couple of years. And then it's just like pre ejaculating. Fuck. Well, we got to go to a ball, you know, now. So I think that has a lot to do with it too. Well, and the van's going and the van's full of guys, right? So you jump in and you go, I guess. And it's fun. Yeah. Premature. <laughs> Scott, you're watching Mystery Alaska. It's a premature ejaculator. <laughs> <laughs> the butters were growing up, growing up um, as a steer rider. Obviously, you mentioned Donnie Joe. Who who's the bull riders when you were a steer rider in the CCA that you were kind of a, you know looking up to, and then in, in the CPRA and the PBR in Canada. I know who you're not going to say, but go ahead. <laughs> Who's got steers and CC? It probably would have been Vinny Northrup, the guy I looked up Fuck to. Yeah. yeah. And then Zane, Zane too, because yeah. Zane was, Zane would have been dipping in both back then, juniors and the open. And yeah, I think it'd be those two guys. Vinny yeah. was a fucking legend. Remember? He was like, he was, he was on fucking tour and he'd still be coming to Kyle Saskatchewan. He'd still be in all yeah. that fucking CC or else. Just smashing Bud Lights, having a fucking time. He was uh, open bowl. He what? He was roping bulls and manners. Was he? I tried to get him yeah. to come to Elkridge. He was busy. Couldn't fucking do it. But we got to get Vinny back rolling again. Yeah, that guy was unreal, right? That was kind of cool for us. For those that don't know, me and Butters grew up together. Same age and went all to our youth rodeo, all that stuff together. So we've uh, we've kind of 
went on the same track. So Vinny was always a real cool guy. There was a bunch of them other guys that you really didn't want to be like, right? So that was <laughs> that, that was a good way to look at it too. But um, yeah, Vinny was your guy too. Yeah. Who was your Who was your like um, idol? Like TV wise, was it you know that time of McBride and you know all those older yeah, guys? Shivers, Chris Shivers. Shivers? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Same style, <laughs> whipping and riding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's badass. Okay, let's go back, butters. We kind of skipped through it, but we had a lots of different awesome uh info from you. But going back, how did it start for you? Kinnersley, Saskatchewan. You talked about hockey, talked about CCA days, all that stuff. Where did it where did rodeo come into your life? Give us the the Dakota Butter 101 on how this whole career began for you. Uh I think well, my sister was barrel racing, I would have been five, six years old, started getting drug ground rodeos with with my parents just for my sister barrel racing. And uh shoot, I think there's a picture of me and Scotty when I was riding sheep and he was bullfighting in Kinnersley. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I think I would have there's been one five. for the hall. There's one for the hall of fame. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, I think I would have been five and that that might have been one of your first years, Scotty, wouldn't it have been? Yeah, probably for sure. Is that when the fighting bull got you or is that when you shit your pants? <laughs> Both. <laughs> uh, sorry, butters. Keep going. Then, uh, shoot, it would have been was eight when I got my first year. That was in Wood Mountain that year. With uh, you got on that morning or some kind of rodeo, and yeah. I think there was a little britches that night, and I had yeah. no stuff, so I used all yours. Oh. And then, yeah, fired off from there. Started riding steers consistently when I was like ten. And switched, uh, started getting on some big bulls when I was 14, but not all the time, just here and there. And then I, fl- I flipped back and forth a little bit because it was CCA, you could ride steers till you're 16. And then I think I flipped to Alberta because they had a junior bulls 15, 16. It might have been 17 too. Mm-hmm. Like I fought back and forth from Saskatchewan, Alberta for a couple of years. Just that I used up basically all my junior years that I could like I rode in junior as long as I could and then yeah wait Cody Custer would be proud of you yeah yeah Yeah, I kind of took my time before I really moved up anywhere it uh I can't remember who it was told me but they said to wait let your body develop you'll have a lot a lot longer career if you wait and let your body develop more instead of getting on the big stuff when you're young so that's what I did didn't start I think it was, I was, would have been 17, would have been my first actual year riding open bulls in CCA. And then uh, I have a late birthday, so I didn't really go pro till I was 19. CPRI would have been my first year. I went to like maybe a dozen rodeos. And then after that, when I was 20 is when I started going hard, just stuck with them. So two things I got from that. One, I can take full credit for your bull riding career because I let, <laughs> I let you borrow my stuff when we were 10 years old. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I can't believe it fit me back then. Yeah. Must have been dragging on my knees. Oh, we were good. We got to share that picture on social media that somebody shared it. It wasn't that long ago. It was me and you and uh, Cal Klevansky. Cal Klevansky, like, yeah. It would have been like eight or nine years old. Yeah. I remember going to those CCR videos and we just – Try to fight every fucking local person that we fucking could. <laughs> I was the same size pretty near as you guys were at those times, but oh, that was fun. Little hooligans as the yeah. parents that are listening in, or maybe some 
kids, 15, 16 years old, you probably remember the guys that you toured those rodeos with when your parents were rodeoing or whatever. Right. So, uh, that was me and butters fucking raising hell everywhere we could. (laughs) Secondly, you took, you took full advantage of, uh, juniors, like you said, as much as you could. And this was something I had wrote down. Probably it's a toss up, but between you and Aaron Roy, the best two handed riders that I had ever fucking seen. Hey, Kyle Switzer was a good two handed rider. Um, but you and Aaron, I think took the cake. You could ride anything. You could ride fucking cows. You could ride 1500 pound, three, four year old bulls. You guys could fucking stick anything. Where did you, where did, did that, was that something that you practiced? How did you figure that out for a guy that never could ever, I tried it as best I could. I couldn't figure out the two handed stuff, but you guys had a, it was an art for you. How did you, how'd you line that out? It, uh, it was a struggle for a while with stuff that turned back because you're so clamped down. You always spun out. And I think it was Donnie Johansson told me it was at Pinocchio one year. I fell off a spinning cow. He said, as soon as they turn back, kick loose with your outside leg, it's like, it'll act like a free arm. But it just clicked the next, do you remember that old four cow Brad means? Yeah. The red. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that bucked me off that day. Yeah. And it was maybe a month later after he told me that I got on her again and it just clicked from then on it it didn't matter what way they went i'd kick loose and i didn't have any troubles it was in 2007 i went to 74 rodeos and went to four four or five rodeo finals i got on just over 100 head that year and i went what year what year butters 2007 yeah and so it was like 105 head or something i got on and i only bucked off four that year yeah, dude, you fucking nice. stayed on everything. So that it was percentage unreal. would be at like 99.85% riding percentage. Not bad. You could bet on yeah. butters. That's <laughs> getting paid. Do you remember what you made in 2007? Do you, remember uh, how much, do you remember how much cash you made? I don't, but I remember the one thing I do remember that year is I won in the Chinook Rodeo Association. I won the high point as a junior steer rider, and I pissed off all the time. Time event. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> <I do. laughs> That's awesome, you, actually. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. They probably changed the rules. I bet right after yeah. that, they would have changed the rules. Cheap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. sweet. I like that. Yeah. That I like always because. Uh, Especially at Calgary, right? You get lots of the uh, American guys and our American listeners are probably thinking the same thing. What the fuck are they talking about? Two-handed riders. But our juniors and stuff up here, they have the option of riding with one or two hands. And I've always had that question, like, did you do that? And what the hell? And I'm like, I tried. Fuck, if I could have figured it out, I would have done it. I just could not figure it out. I just get whipped down and hit in the face every fucking time. But like I said, you and Aaron big bulls you got you learned how to take the power away from shit like you guys fucking line that up it's pretty cool pretty amazing to see talent and good agent good agent (laughs) (laughs) okay butter so then you move up through the through the ranks uh did success come to you 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 talk about how you have these goals and you set them i'm assuming your goal was to win a cpra championship because you went straight to the rodeo side of things did it happen faster than you thought it did? I, you know, I always remember like Tyler, Tanner Gerlitz, Schiffner, Finkbeiner, me and Posse kind of came in as the, the new guys for a long time. There it was the same guys that made the finals every year. Devin Maisie, me and Posse kind of came in 
And then all of a sudden, the next year or so, quietly, here comes Dakota Butter. Comes into the finals and then ends up taking all of our money, wins the championship. Was that was that kind of just, that's what you do? You just kind of stay behind the scenes and then jump out there and win it? Or what was your kind of mindset and, and winning the championship and stuff at such an early time in your career? Was that was that fast for you? Did it happen quickly or was that what you expected? Uh Looking back now, I think you'd say it happened pretty quick. It's like I I knew what I wanted to do and I knew what I had to do to get it. And I worked my ass off to get there. I knew I could ride some of the good bulls, but I wasn't consistently doing it. And I knew I had to work on my consistency if I wanted to get there. And that's I spent a lot of time watching a lot of videos of a lot of different bull riders and bulls, everything. I you can basically say I studied it basically. So I I wasn't at a rodeo. I was at home working on something and I don't, I'm not a guy that gets on practice bulls. So when I work on stuff, it's always just through videos and just on the ground. And that's, I still not very often I get on practice bulls today even. So it's still the same thing. I just, I, uh, something I stress for like, like a lot of young guys, like say Chad, even his confidence is everything. Like I say, that's the difference now for me back then, like back then maybe didn't have, quite as much confidence but i worked on the skill part of things and kind of right now i just i feel like i'm a lot more comfortable when i show up to an event i i know i want to go win the round that's what i'm here for i'm not here for a second and i believe in myself and that's uh so looking back at that i see it would it did happen pretty quick i think but the way i go at everything is kind of the same like i I put it, I go all in or nothing basically. And that's what I did back then as a kid. I didn't really have anything else to, to do. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. I didn't have a job or anything. So the hell, watch yeah, the that's, that's, that's how you perfect your craft. I think though, like, you know, you see these kids across the street that are just in the garage, stick handling, shooting pucks all the time, like all the time. That's what they do. And that's, that's how you get better. Um, so don't don't ever beat yourself up for that there, Butters. I think it worked out pretty good for you. Fuck yeah, bad <laughs> cat. So and and uh, that's kind of another thing, Scott. You were around at that time too, and um, this is your shot, Butters, to tell everybody to go fuck themselves. But I was a part of it too, right? We had kind of the the friend group of, you know, you had your traveling group that you went with, right? It was me and. Ty and then it was uh, Chad and Tyler and then it was Schiffner and, and his crew, him and Torque. And there was like kind of what's coming back now with this team series was like, you kind of had your crew that you rolled with. Right. And you, when you came around, it was you and your dad and you and your dad went everywhere together. And it was different for all of us. Cause it was like, you know, like, and for me, especially too, you're like, you're a kid and you're like, we like to fucking party. And we were like, fucking right. It's like, we're loose from our parents and we're just rolling and having fun and learning from these guys. And then your travel partner was with your dad and you took a lot of shit through all those years of people like, Hey, butters, you got to come and do this. You come fucking hang out with us, you know, or, or, you know, that's not kind of how we do this stuff around here. You took a lot of fucking flack over those years. And we've already got to the point of where you can just say, Hey, look at my buckle now. But at that time, um, what was the story kind of behind that? And, and what do you like, what, what did you say to, to the guys that were giving you a shit or how did it all kind of fucking flow for you back in those days? Huh? I, I didn't say much back then. It, 
I didn't growing up, my dad always worked away from home, so I didn't get to see him a whole lot. And uh so when I did, did get to see him on weekends, like frick, it was awesome to get go to roadies with my dad. He was just as into it as I am, still is. He loves bull riding. It it didn't bother me none. I've always been kind of uh keep to myself person. I still am. If uh if old ass pad wasn't around, I'd still be traveling by myself. But <laughs> it's just, just how I am. I like to do my own thing. I have my own routines and stuff. It I've traveled groups of guys before. It's it uh I don't like having to rely on somebody else. I've always been my my own kind of awesome. planner and everything and like to stick to it. But yeah, I did take a lot of shit back then, but uh Tyler didn't realize every time he pissed me off, I just rode better and beat him anyway. So it didn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who was the worst? Was it Tyler or was it Shifter? Who who uh who got you the worst? <laughs> Tyler bugged me pretty hard, but at least he'd say it to my face, not like Shifter. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny and we can bring this stuff up we can talk about it now because you know everybody's good now and whatever else but the the moral of it was when we had the global cups and and scott shifter became the coach um whether it be pbr whatever it might be but they they really ran with that 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 you guys you and scott had had a beef and you didn't get along and, and you've been quoted in your fucking interviews saying i don't like the fucking guy you know like straight no, up no no right? it was i hate his fucking guts yeah <laughs> right? right right so i mean that's you know like that's that's out there that's up there so was there like was there it, it got kind of blown by within the global cup because that's what we do in this sport and, and we all kind of come together and especially when you're riding for your country you fucking you, you come together and you ride for your country and that's all that matters. But the backstory of it was, what was the deal? Those guys, it's different today when it comes to the same as hockey. There was the hazing of like the, the seniors to the rookies, all that sort of stuff. But what's the story with yourself and Scott Shifter? I think you guys are past it now, but what's kind of the, the whole deal that, that went on along with that behind that whole global cup and all that situation? Well, I guess, you know, he just hurt, bugged me when I was a kid about being with going with my dad and it, it didn't bother me at the time. You know, I just, I, I went and rode my bulls. I didn't give a shit. It, but the year I won Canada, when he went up to my dad and said some nasty shit, that's what pissed me off. And then it is what it is. We, I said what I had to say to him. He said what he said, whatever, but it kind of bugged me that the PBR was trying to cause drama for the global cup to make viewing basically because i know they did the same thing with lockwood and jw too so it they're trying to make like a tv show you know basically yeah whatever we had our differences but bull runs bull run that shit don't matter we don't need to making a scene about it we're here to ride bulls kind of thing but i mean it scott wasn't our choice to go there but i have nothing bad to say about things went at the Golden Cup that year. I thought things went pretty smooth. I thought him and Tanner did an all right job. So it, they were kind of trying to make more views and make it more interesting, I guess. But when it came down, there still was bull riding. We're out there to do our jobs. What did he say to your dad? No, I can't remember. He was, he was mad. or Not mad, but trying to get under my skin, basically, that I shouldn't be going with him and he wasn't uh, helping my career by being there. But and I was, if I if my dad wasn't there for a lot of that throughout my career, I wouldn't have been riding still today. So, yeah. I got yeah. a question. Did you make your dad pay for the gas? 
Fuck no. So, so really, you want to reword that? If it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't have gone down the road. He would have <laughs> hey, Butters, I don't know now. if you remember this, but do you remember uh, I sponsored a coat somewhere? And I, you'll have to put yeah. the pieces together. And yeah. I remember your mom and dad, your mom drove you to the house and you brought me a thank you card. You were a steer rider and a picture. Do you remember yeah. where the where was that at? What did that I was, sponsor? Uh, that was for that Bramarama, that big steer riding that West put on in Cadogan. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I sponsored a, okay, that makes sense now. But I remember that. I never forgot that. That was you drove in from Kindersley and brought me a thank you card and a picture and, and you brought it to the door yourself. I remember because yeah. <laughs> I remember your mom phone from my address. Yeah. Yeah, and I never thought nothing of it. I never thought anything of it. And then there, just one day you ring the doorbell and there you're standing there with the cards. So that was pretty classic. <laughs> was man, that, that was just, a pretty cool event. That was really cool. Was that just a tire pump to yourself, Jason? Let everybody know that you sponsored <laughs> Yeah, like I give back, eh? I just want everybody to know that, you know? Dad still wears that jacket. Does he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to <laughs> see it. Did they just have that the one year, or was it a couple years ago? Yeah, it's three years. Uh, I fought it one year. I remember that, but I don't know if it's the first or the last year. I think, I think Billy won it the first year. I won it the second, and then Zeke Thurston won it the third. Not a bad crew. Okay. No, no. Turned out okay, those guys. Yep. Yeah. See, juniors, there it goes. Butters, of your bullfighting career, uh, you got to tell me, tell me how that went for you. <laughs> Every time we get in a shit storm, it's because of Chad. He's the common denominator every time we have a wreck. Well, you know who his dad is. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know that. He comes by naturally. You, you know that paintball that uh, he knows are hauling salty dog? Yeah. Yep. This nice, the nicest one can want. Chad gets off him, and I came blowing in there and realized I shouldn't be where I was at the moment, and I tried to backpedal and. He caught my feet and rolled me around a bit. And then I got up and started running for the fence. And I tripped and I hit the panel, <laughs> drove this finger into the panel so hard I broke it. And after that, Chad's on his own. I'll throw my hat, but that's that's as best as you get. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking <laughs> uh, I, I, I do notice I do notice around these bull rides now and Chad's riding with you and traveling with you. Like you guys do have a lot of fun in the dressing room. And- uh, you seem like a seem like a good crew to be to be hanging out with. Must make traveling a little bit uh, faster or easier. Hey? Oh yeah, the weekends fly by when we're hanging out. For, I don't know how many miles we made this last week, but shit, it flew, flew by. Hey, just remind him he's not allowed to talk like you to us, though. He's not allowed to ask. <laughs> and, and when we get in the draw, none of that. He's still got a couple <laughs> years. He's got to win some shit before he gets to talk to us like that. Just remind him of that on the drive up to North Battlefield. Oh, that... I imagine he'll be, he'll be chatting you up and down for your boat. Oh, I know it. So, Butters, that's something, too, we see when you're behind the buck and shoots. Is it just, have you taken kind of, Scott, can you shut your fucking window for fucks? <laughs> I don't have it open, man. <laughs> How many darts have you smoked during this podcast? Possibly five. <laughs> um is it just something about like you you've had success in your career you know what that feels like 
um, with, with a guy like Chad, when he's riding, you seem to get more fired up for him. You're almost over the fence. Like you're just fucking super excited for, for Chad and other guys too. But is it just, you know, the, you know what he has in him and you want that to come out of him or what's kind of the story with, with you and, and just trying to, you look like you're his dad back there. Like you're trying to, you know, you're always helping him. You're with bulls with everything, right. Is you kind of take him under your wing. Yeah. You know, I've freaking known Chad since he was this little guy. It's, you know, now you say that it's, uh, this weekend, Koi hopped in with us and it's honestly so cool to see these kids go up from steer riding, helping them as little steer riders up to junior bull riding now riding with us. Like that's, I think that's so cool. And, uh, with Chad, he, I know he's got it in him. He just needs a, if he can get all the tools put together in one, which I don't think he's far off from setting it all up and getting it all put together, but he, he freaking knows his bulls and everything better than anybody. You just uh, need, need to calm him down a little bit. If he, if he can keep his ADD intact, I think we can Shut get things going pretty seconds. good here. But <laughs> uh, that's yeah. true. If Chad that gets the confidence, he's, he's there. He's got all the tools. He just lacks confidence a little bit. And I know, I know what that was like. And, you know, when you have your buddies pumping your tires and making you feel confident, I think that's, get them guys in the dress room and make everybody feel confident. I think they bring everybody up. And when it, when it's like that is way better bull rides, everybody rides better. And I think if Chad just gets the confidence in himself that a guy feel I have now, it's, he's going to be hard to beat. It is, it is amazing how fast it happens, right? Dakota. And we talk about this lots of the pod, how these careers are, are quick. And you said it right there, you know, you see these kids ride stairs. Next thing you know, they're, you're traveling with them and, um, it's just such a great lifestyle that before you know it, you're 20 years into it, right? And, uh, yeah. That's what I tell my kids now is enjoy it because it, it goes quick. Coy was saying on the weekend, he's got about 15 steer riding pictures and I'm in 12 of the 15 helping him on. And now oh, yeah. he's on with yeah. me. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's about yeah. You know what it is, it is? You know, when you put it that way, it's generational. Like I've got a, I got a picture of Jesse uh, from the Ask with Rodeo doing the mutton busting. Got a picture of OLT cinnamon dick here in the, with with Jordan like as a baby, just red, just hat like hat like this. You can just tell like this kid's gonna be. That, I'm not joking. That's how you're wearing your hat. Just, uh, Rock and roll, baby. Yeah, I know. And I don't feel that much older. That's the problem. I wish. No. Uh, I bet you, my wife wishes I acted a little more mature at times. But <laughs> holy shit! So Butters, ah, let's go. What are you? Uh, how old are you now, Butters? Twenty-nine. I'll be thirty November sixth. Thirty years old. What do you think? Looking at it for what timeline. Or? Yeah, you put a timeline on, or does your body tell you when it's time to stop? I think my body, well, I'd, like, I'd really like to get to 35 is kind of what I'm shooting for, but see how the body feels. It, my riding, I feel like I'm riding as good as I ever have, so I don't, I don't feel like I'm losing quite a step yet, but we'll see how things go, and I'm sure I'll know when the time to say when will come, but right now I'm not trying to think about it. I just want to keep going throttle yeah, down right now. Yeah. That's the one of the things I found in my career, too, as, as you got – to be more of a veteran you have found different ways to make life easier easier for you in the arena whether it was fighting bulls or riding bulls do you do you see it now that you can do that 
you can make that same move only smoother and with less effort. In some ways, yeah, I feel like my riding's changed so much, either with injuries or just having to change my style to fit different bulls. I all around, I feel like I don't hurt as like I feel a lot better after a rideable now than I did ten years ago. Just being a kid, I didn't put the I didn't put some other efforts in that I should have that I do now, like with stretching and work at home that I do now. And I feel like it's helps a lot more. Do you take a lot away from NLT? Um, not many of our viewers realize last year at Saskatoon, um, you, you really hurt yourself there. And it was, what were we two weeks prior to the finals? It was just two yeah. weeks. There. And you drove into Saskatoon every day and, and worked with a trainer. Have you taken some of that stuff from Kelly Jim and, and kept it in your tickle trunk to, you know, to keep yourself whole. Oh, I still do it all every day. Yeah. It's uh, some of the stuff I take with me too to the events now and work on when I'm there or even in the hotel rooms. Yeah. I, everything. Yeah. yeah. So butters, I want to get, Oh, I don't know. We don't, we're going to run out of time, but I'd like to get into the, to the built for tough series stuff, but mostly I'd like to get into, uh, uh your mindset so we talked to cooper davis on this podcast and he talks about how like his pre-game routine was a certain way you, you know he would look at a a sign in the arena that was that said cooper tires on it and then he would translate that in his mind to think of that's him that's me and it was different little things little intricate things that you did that, that get yourself in the zone everybody has different ways of preparing some guys just fucking hang out with their buddies and fuck around and try to have fun and not think about it at all. You seem to me like a guy that's on your own, you're air bowling, you're going through different motions every single time you ride. Is there a preset thing that you do? I had it. Was there a preset thing that you did? You do every time you get on a bull? Pretty well. I pretty well have the same routine. Every time I get somewhere, I'll go. Now I usually see sports master when I get there and I'll get loosened <laughs> up and you know, I kind of, I'm not as, when I was younger, I was a lot more stuck to the routine, but now it's not quite so much. I'll go stretch out, find my bull. This one, what he, which one he is or what he looks like. Stretch out a couple more times. And kind of, I usually get ready a little earlier than most guys just so I'm back there. And I don't like to feel rushed. So I like to be early and just be ready on time kind of thing. So that's one of the things, I guess, that not many guys are there quite as early as I am, but. I just like to be there and hang out and not be rushed. And that's kind of just my deal. But right before when I throw my rope and stuff on, then yeah, I kind of get pretty focused. I don't say much and just focus on what I got to do. Like most of the bulls, I know exactly what they are. So I just stick pretty focused on them and just what I got to do that day. Yeah. There's always, I remember being a, like the global cup coach. It was like, you're not teaching these guys how to ride. You didn't end up coming with your injuries, but like a guy like Dakota Butter would prepare different than a guy like Cody Coverchuk or a guy like Brock Radford. You know what I mean? Like you guys all have your different ways of doing it. You got to get some guys pumped up. You got to let other guys chill out. You're always a guy that you don't like people in your face. You don't like that whole bunch of different guys trying to juice you up. You need to get on your level and, and kind of stay calm, cool, and focused on what you're doing, right? Yeah, that's kind of always been my deal. It, when I – was rooming with Cody Nance all the time. He was kind of one of those guys that I'd get fired up and I was a guy I didn't like to really get like that. So it, we kind of leveled each other out when we were traveling together just because we're so opposite. But yeah, like you said, I'm 
I'll say. That, I never realized that was your roommate. Yeah. Uh, that could be a whole other podcast right there. Oh, yeah, we don't need to get into that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Then you ended up staying with me and Jesse for a while, too. So, yeah, you yeah. you had a great great the time. Uh, Ty Posbon was a guy that obviously was a big influence on you. You were to live like Ty stuff all over you. And you're a guy that really is an advocate for the foundation and all that different stuff. What did what did he uh, put on your career for you? What do you remember about time and all that sort of stuff? Same age-ish. What's going on there? Yeah, so he, like I said earlier, he was one of those guys that really brought up the morale in the restaurant. Like he made everybody feel confident just in his personality and everything. He'd hype everybody up and for my career, especially <clears throat> that first year I made the world finals. How'd that work? Posy won PBR Canada and I was runner up and to go to the velocity finals is the number one guy got the, the buy, but yeah, he yeah. already had finals made. So he let me take his spot to velocity finals. Cause he already had it made. So then I went, I went there, and I got enough points to scoot in. So if he wouldn't have gave me that opportunity, I would never been on tour or made the World Finals that year. So he, basically, my years on the BFT was because of Ty for giving me that opportunity. Damn, that's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty amazing. So um, on tour, highlights of it, crazy stuff. You know, you're all over from LA to to uh new york all the biggest places in the world rode some of the best bulls in the world inferno stands out for me with that 90 when you talked earlier about how your your game leveled up i remember a bull by the name of nailed that bucked you off like seven or eight times up in canada and you had him in albuquerque one time and you were like fuck i got this thing and it was like i remember <laughs> me and you chatting about it and i was like different level bro like you got this fucking thing right and then you rode him that day right so it just shows the different mindsets and different levels that you're at um highlight of of those four four trips to the world finals you win in boise idaho is there a ride or is there a, a place or is there a situation that stands out for you for the kind of the coolest of all those times uh probably the coolest would have been my first year at the world finals it uh is on my birthday you and pause you were on my shoot and i rode uh high test fuck yeah i think i got i got second in the round that day and the whole week wasn't going very good. I bucked off everything. And then that day, it was all, it was pretty neat. So it was my birthday. And then I think I was like 88 and a half on him. So it ended off a long week. And it was, that's probably one of the most special moments on tours that day. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And Cinnamon Nuts was in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, me and Butters, we've been together, like I said, since, fuck, I don't know, five, six yeah. years old, right? It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Good thing. Well, I knew you were special. I tried to get him a Wrangler deal for 20 years and he kept saying no to me. And then when we were working together in the agent business, I'm like, good luck with Butters. He tells me back, yeah, Butters is in. I'm like, how'd you do that? <laughs> you just got to get him good deals, Jason, like I do. I guess so, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that's good We're proud to have you as a 3d boy right now bro it's fucking awesome yes sir to see. um rocky balboa does that one stick out that's a huge, huge oh, yeah, that, ordeal. that was pretty cool yeah i didn't know what the heck the bull i drew him the night before and i was in the elevator i think i was with chad burger i said what the heck's this yo adrian bull he's got no stats or nothing he's coming here and then so he changed his name he was i can't remember what his name was before so yeah, he might be here tomorrow. He might be up on your shoot. I was like, oh, fuck, that's cool. 
And then he, he said, no, no, he's not going to make it. And then right as I was climbing in, he ran up there. And that was that was badass. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Rocky yeah. jumps up yeah. on butter shoots. Chad Berger renames the bull. Yo, Adrian. Or did he rename him that day? Or was that always that bull's name? However, it no, he renamed out. him that morning or that night. Still. Yeah. So Chad, obviously being the guy that Chad is, he was making sure that that was going to line out for, for yeah. himself and one of his bulls. But I remember that butter, that bull didn't get rode either very much. And you stuck it all over him and you jump up on the back of the shoots, big hugs, high fives with fucking Rocky Balboa, goddamn Sly Stallone, him and Butters. That was pretty fucking cool, hey? Yeah, it was. That was that was a pretty cool moment down there, I'd say. It was one of my tops, for sure. <laughs> Not a big guy either, that guy. You'd think, you know, you watch the Rocky movies, you'd think he'd be a big salty dog. He's just a little feller. No, shoot, he's only a little bit taller than me, not much. His yeah. freaking hands are huge, though. Yeah, you, guys see him, you guys see him in Rambo? He's badass. <laughs> careful. You got to be careful. All right, Butters, man. Like I said, we've been holding you for a long time. We lost Scott here. He's driving through the prairies. Smoke must have yeah. smoke must have lit up his service. He's fucking. We lost him now. Yeah, so. he's got to stop and buy a new carton, new pack of tarts. He's got it yet. <laughs> so I'll ask you, buddy. Infamous question on the podcast. This is the NFP podcast. We have our take on NFP. What does hashtag NFP mean to Dakota Butter? Ah, to me, I think it's everybody's dealing with something. We all fight through our stuff. There's no complaining, no bitching. Do what you got to do, get her done. I think that's what it means to me. Bam. Bam. There we go. I like that. Jason, as a... uh, He's been rehearsing that. Yeah, he's been ready. I like that. That's fucking pure gold. As As a guy, Jason, with us with this team stuff, what do you think? Would Butters fit into one of these teams pretty good or what? Well, I do. I do. I just want to know, do you think you think that might be an option? Would you declare yourself for the draft? I know we talked about the yellow shoots for next year. Um, would you try to balance both? Is it is it is always going to be in the second half of eh, the teams? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I might. I kind of wanted to honestly see how it went this year and see what guys' opinions and thoughts were. So I was kind of Want to see how it plays out and what guys are thinking, but it'd be good. Well, that's good yeah. to hear. So that's pretty cool because there's a you know, I get a lot of questions about your Dakota, and it's how long is he gonna go? The Calgary questions, if he liked that, the the tie, all that different stuff. So it's pretty cool. We got a lot of different shit fucking cleared up today, which was pretty awesome <laughs> to hear from you. I got some more too. I want to ask you about the your your time on tour riding Inferno and some of those different ones that uh, we'll have to get you back on at some point. Um, but uh, before we end too, you got to give a shout out. What's your buck and bull company name? Because you have some great buck and bulls. You've, you bought some bulls from court McCoy. You've really worked on that over the last few years. And that's probably what you're going to roll into after life of bull riding. You got some bulls with Darren, Eno. you've been selling bulls that people maybe don't know came from you originally, but got some great bulls. So what's the buck and bull company. And, and uh, is that where kind of things are going to lead to after this? Yeah, I hope so. I'm getting quite a few now. I don't really have a name or anything. It's my brand's bar X bar is kind of what I've been going by. It's been, this has been my first year. I've been taking the fraturities and it's, it's been pretty fun so far. I've been, uh, went to Strathmore and I got first and fourth in the yearlings and then went to uh, Lloyd and got third with another one. So it's been fun. It's been going good so far. I hope I can keep getting Great. some good ones. That's what I, that's all I need. Another guy I know that needs bulls bucked at a PBR. <laughs> awesome. Can't wait. 
Send you videos. All right, butters, man. We do appreciate you big time. And like I've kind of reiterated on this podcast, proud of you, the guy that's not gave a fucking shit about what anybody said or done. March to the beat of your own drum and the championships and the buckles prove that that you did it the right way. So proud of you, proud of the bad you are, and thanks for coming on this year NFP podcast. Oh, thanks. It was a lot of fun, you guys. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. It's been a lot of fun. People are going to love this. We'll talk to you soon. This has been our interview with Dakota Butter. All right. Take care, you guys. Years gone by, I say we-